Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 32. How would a sommelier pair wine with music? It's my conversation with certified sommelier Leslie Miller. I feel like some people are thinking right off the bat, what the heck is a sommelier? This episode's for you. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Okay, this is going to go fast because I've got to keep it short. My conversation with Leslie was literally one of my favorite conversations I've had on this podcast. It was a great interview. She is fascinating. She's brilliant. Her story is inspiring to me. The way she views uh, wine tasting, teaching about teaching people how to taste wine, how to pair wine with food, uh, how wine is important and what it has to do with your life and how to, what she says, she calls it thinking and drinking. It's a phrase I'm totally stealing from her because I've had this thought, Hopi. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, I am joined as always by my wife, my... Bluebird. My wife, what brought that? It's all I could think of. Okay. My well, wife... You always ask me where these things come from. They I'm, come from nowhere. Well, I'm fascinated how your brain works. Somehow your subconscious was working on the word bluebird. Anyways, my mind. I love what I called intentional drinking. I love nerding out about something. I think it adds so much value whether I'm drinking a beer or a scotch or a bourbon or a wine, whatever it is. I love thinking about it. So we, we were out this weekend... Uh, I was playing with my buddy Dan Rodriguez, and it was Dan, Andre Rodriguez, and Aaron Johnson on drums. We were up in Appleton, Wisconsin, and we stopped at a bourbon bar, and we had bourbon, and all four of us guys around, like we we took a sip, we ordered, mm. Dan ordered an awesome, I think, I think it was an orphan barrel. We all took a sip, and then you pass it on, and you talk about what it tastes like, what are you tasting, is it hot, is it mild, is it sweet, is it whatever it is. We break it down. It was just fun. And it wasn't in a way that was pretentious at all. It was just natural mm-hmm. uh, because it adds value to whatever you're doing. If you're wondering what a sommelier is, we talk about that in this. We talk about it's how crazy hard it is, and it's a really big deal in the wine world to become certified. And you are essentially a master of wine, tasting, teaching, As always with this podcast, I am fascinated by what people do, but I'm also even more fascinated by what brought them there, who they are, and why they do it. So the conversation goes a lot of different ways, but this mainly is for anybody that would like to learn how to think more intentionally. Like she says, oh, I didn't even follow up earlier when I was talking about thinking and drinking. (laughs) I've been, (laughs) I got on this rabbit trail, and the thought is that I always called it intentional drinking. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have, but her phrase is thinking and drinking and I'm totally going to steal that. Yeah, I like it. Anyways, before we go on, producing a podcast is a thirsty job and nothing, your eyes are closed and you're just nodding your head. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Nothing quenches a podcasting thirst like Guinness. I am so glad we don't have to deal with sponsors on this podcast. Otherwise, I would have to tell you that Guinness is the greatest beer of all time. Saving lives, changing lives. If you drink enough of it, you could possibly make a life, if you know what I'm saying. It is given as medicine for people who need to boost their iron levels. Did you get my joke about how if you drink enough, Yes, you but I wanted tipsy. to give my actual fact okay. that I read recently. Okay, what was that? Say that again? was the fact. What it was again? I gave it already. I'll have to go back and listen because <laughs> I interrupted you. Anyways. You're thirsty. Let's crack up a Guinness. Ooh. I was waiting for you to make your sound. Let that perfectly cascading head come to completion. You know, some people... I've heard refer to that the time when you pour Guinness and waiting for the head to form, mm. waiting for the cascading to stop. I call it heaven, but some call it waiting for the Guinness to cook. Or purgatory. Isn't that where you, <laughs> isn't that where you wait? It is, yeah. Like it's not heaven because I can't have it yet. Yeah. It's a waiting so ground in between. You're in purgatory as we wait for this Guinness to cook. All right. Slancha, me boy. Slancha. Mm, never have I had a better glass of mother's milk. Hey, speaking of mother's milk... Uh, fans of the podcast, if you've been if you've been following along with this last year, you that phrase does not catch you off guard. You've some of you have even come to love and look forward to Sarah saying probably one of the weirdest phrases I've ever heard <laughs> you say, and you said some weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we have Guinness glasses engraved with the words "Mother's Milk" on them. We're doing a drawing this week. Head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a question for Sarah, and we will be drawing names to win one of those Guinness glasses. Uh, speaking of questions, those of you that have been following the podcast know that every week we ask Sarah a question. This week's question comes from Aaron. He texted into the podcast hotline and asked, what is it about Guinness that you like so much, a.k.a. Mother's Milk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's probably a mixture of it being just delicious and me being sentimental. But I like anything on nitro, so I think that's part of why I love it. It's creamy and smooth. It's a dark beer, which I also like, but not really intense in flavor. It's just like easy drinking. Yeah. Um, It's flavorful, but it's not a palate buster. Right. Or like some porters are too heavy and intense. It's just like a sweater for your heart on a cold winter day. An Irish wool sweater. This is funny that we're even talking about this because it sounds like another commercial spot. But that's a great answer. Yeah. Thanks for and saying it happens that. to be surprisingly low calorie. Yeah, okay. Which I don't care about, but. All right, moving on. Let's keep this short. I want to jump right into my conversation with Leslie. Do you want to say where you were at? Yes. Do you want to tell the listeners where you were? ya? I do. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the reminder. Nicolette Avenue has been a disaster for the past two years. Non-stop construction, but it's about to pay off. Haskell's, a wine shop that most people in the Twin Cities are familiar with. It's like a local, a local chain, I guess you might call it. Yeah. They opened up a spot called Haskell's Wine Bar. Apparently you can go in, order some wine, buy the glass or buy the bottle, and they do cheese pairings. I like that. So here's my conversation on a gray, rainy afternoon 
with sommelier Leslie Miller. A glass of wine just seemed like the right thing to have. If I had to start with this whole conversation, it probably starts four minutes ago when we ordered wine at the bar. Oh, okay. So the thought of where I'm at with wine is I love wine, mm-hmm. but I and I don't feel educated about it. I feel like I know enough vocabulary. If I'm tasting it, I could maybe think about it. I think I, I, I like to think I drink intentionally. Yeah. But when it comes to sitting down at a bar or pulling up a wine list, yeah. it is just, it might as well be Japanese to me. Yeah, I'm just right. looking, I'm like, okay, there's a word I understand, Chardonnay. Uh-huh. I mean, that doesn't point me in any direction. Right, More, because it can be 15 different styles yeah. of Chardonnay, yeah. With what you do, how much of what you do is explaining, like taking people from that level? Do you do a lot of that? Teaching oh, yeah. people of, okay, Every night. when you look at, really? Yep. That's a lot of what you do. Yeah. So a large part of what I do yeah. is educational based. Yeah. Um, helping people understand the parts of wine yeah. and then connecting it to their palate. So number one, understanding the components mm-hmm. of wine, like acid, sugar, alcohol, yeah. tannin, body, mm-hmm. length, all those things and making those terms normal to somebody. Yes. And so, um, you know, I think the biggest thing about wine is that it can be intimidating. And my piece is keeping wine... Um, accessible yes and gulpable okay and drinkable you know I, I always say that my my knowledge for you should be drinkable knowledge mm-hmm. yeah it should be easy it's the number one compliment that I receive nightly when I teach mm-hmm. classes is you normalize this for me it's not intimidating this is so fun I didn't yeah. know wine could be this fun how much do you think the wine industry is doing that to themselves do you I, yeah and if you if there's anything like i said if there's anything out that's out of like you say something we want to cut it we totally can no if you're like i'm i don't want to say anything negative or whatever it is yeah i'm but i'm curious about that yeah so we're kind of in an era right now i would say yeah. with wine where um you know documentaries have been mm-hmm. formed right we have psalm which is yep. about the master sommelier exam yep. What we've done is sort of taken wine to another degree where I feel like we're making it snotty again. You have to have certifications and you're going to walk around with a pin. And, you know, for me, I don't wear my pins because I feel like it's intimidating to a guest. I want people to ask me their deepest, darkest secrets when it comes to wine. And so for me, I'm the opposite, but I also grew up in Wisconsin. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I, and I was an only child. My mother owned restaurants and Mm -hmm. taverns and things like that. And so for me, it was, I tell people first and foremost that my job is in hospitality. I'm a hospitality professional. Okay. Right? Yeah. It just so happens that I have a number of wine degrees. Yes. But from that, your job is to always make a guest feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. In the world of hospitality, you run all aspects of the job. Okay. So, um, you know, bringing everybody with different amounts of education and knowledge to the same table is really important to me. Uh, when, right, when you say that, do you mean in an event, like trying to have diversity of education and levels of wine 
um, appreciation or are you just talking about in the general sense of the world of wine? General sense. So okay. let's say somebody came as a guest um, and they like really had only just mm-hmm. been enjoying maybe one kind of wine and they were very new to wine. And then there's another person sitting across the room in the same class that yeah. had been to many wine regions and thought that they knew a lot about wine, yes. right? So generally the person who wants to flex their knowledge can be really... They're going to be the one asking questions. But sometimes they do it in a weird way. Like they do it like they're trying to intimidate everybody else in the class. And I just stop that in class. Yes. Like I'm just like... How do you stop it? Generally... Because you're talking about a massive pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I hate it. It's the, and how I define it is the question. Mm-hmm. It, you're not asking a question to figure out... To get an answer. You're asking a question to prove that you know something. That's and right. You're using words of like big words. So I, I want you to know... Yeah. And I actually don't care about the answer. Mm-hmm. This is just... My, and it, it, it's a twist of a brag. Yeah. Okay, so how do you shut it down? Um, I generally start almost all my classes with... You know, hey, this is an open forum. Everybody can ask questions. I want you guys to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I generally start to kind of pull out some examples like, oh, don't be that guy. And then I use the example of that guy that I've met sort of along the way that says, this wine smells like Corinthian leather. And literally one night, a gentleman in class said, this smells like Ethiopian leather. (laughs) Uh, and you know something, something kumquat, and uh, I. It's reminding me of uh, more of the Maserati <laughs> leather, not necessarily <laughs> Lamborghini, but let's go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, the, okay. yeah the whole like cor- sorry, Corinthian leather. So yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah I yeah. mean, but you know, I said to him, "Have you ever smelled Corinthian leather?" <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "No." And I said, "Well, okay, Lynn, why are you yeah. talking in terms that you don't know, yeah. feel, or understand?" Yes. And so things have to be really. Um, you know, in Minnesota, we live in an area where we have four seasons, and mm-hmm. so people get to smell a lot throughout the season, yeah. right? Yeah. Some of my fondest memories are growing up in southern Wisconsin, where I used to run around my grandparents' yard in the summertime. Yes. And my grandmother was a gardener. Yeah. And so she had huge flower beds, and she had tons and tons of different vegetables growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything from like the lilacs in the spring to picking, you know, fresh asparagus in the yeah. ditches, you know, all over yeah. Wisconsin yes. to, you know, picking sweet corn in the fall with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that you really, when you smell things now, you can actually connect a memory to it. Yes. And so it makes wine very personal. And that's kind of what you were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. being intimate. Is that yes. play into that? Okay. Yep. yep. So you're, you're kind of stripping down, um, maybe this show that you yeah. feel like you have about wine yeah. and you're making it more personal. Yeah. And if you smell something and you like the smell of it, yeah. then in your mind you've already made up this decision that you're going to potentially like the wine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you can remember like growing up and picking like strawberries or raspberries mm-hmm. or things like that and you smell strawberries and raspberries in a glass, it's then potentially to- you might say, oh, this reminds me of that when I was a kid, you know. How much? How much about? How much of wine tasting do you think is not actually about the wine and the quality of it, but is linking to memories and other preferences you have outside of that glass? Do you think that's a big part for yeah. normal people that aren't yes. maybe educated? We say in the wine industry that wine is ninety percent experience. 
oh yes yes <laughs> because because you could um come home from work have like mm-hmm. a horrible day pick out you know you, you went to the store you got like a seven dollar bottle and you're like this this bottle satiates exactly it does exactly yes. what it's supposed to do for me yeah. right now mm-hmm. which is just relax me yeah. right make me forget about my mm-hmm. day you may go back to that wine not necessarily it's not always about the flavors of it but you're thinking wow there was it's easy i can drink it yeah. or you've been to a winery and you okay. had a magical experience right it's, oh yeah and then you will never forget that experience. And so yeah. all the way around, maybe now you and your significant other go to the store looking for that winery every single time yes. because you had an experience. Take you right back. Yeah. Oh, that's it's funny yes. you're saying that because that is Sarah and I love traveling. Yeah. And when we travel, anytime we're traveling in Europe or overseas, one of the things we've been over the past few years trying to do is bring back different food or drinking cultural experiences that we had over there and try to incorporate those into everyday life because then we you try this beer Mm -hmm. it instantly takes you back to that moment it does so you're almost like building on as you're living life building memories that you start incorporating to day to day it does it does and you can tell that story and then you can share it with friends and then you can have that connectivity between the two of you and and what have you you can relive it and I think it was like almost a decade now but um, USA Today did a big article on connecting your senses basically to something. So the second that you put your nose into something, you can smell it, and within a half a second, you can relive a memory or an within experience. Within a half a second? Yep. You can relive a memory or an experience. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty... Senses are a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Um, I think that if you lost, you know, some... If I lost some sort oh. of my palate... Or I couldn't smell. <clears throat> Obviously, I think my career, well, my career would be over. <laughs> completely, yeah. completely done. I mean, I think we just had a. I had a conversation recently where it. Uh, we were talking about how someone said that I would just go into be actually clinically depressed if my sense of smell or mm. taste or something. One of the, those things went went missing. Yeah. I would just be screwed for a long time, just emotionally, because how many connections you have. Yeah. With the universe around you. Okay, let right, me ask you Because it's pure enjoyment, right? Yeah. It brings you joy. Yeah. And if that doesn't, like, for me, eating and drinking brings me immense joy. Yeah. So if you didn't have that, ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, you'd be bummed. Okay, your story um, about memories and experiences and connecting with wine reminds me of a quote I heard, and I'm probably going to butcher this. <laughs> and I think it was a guy named Cal Fussman. Okay. Who is a, an amazing writer, and I think he said... Uh, Oh, yeah, I actually wrote here. Great wine can make an average moment amazing. True. But an amazing moment can make an average wine amazing at the same time. Yes. And so does a story come to mind from you of a average moment that you had a great wine that made that moment amazing personally? Or the other way around of like... uh, Maybe you had, or have a, a crazy extreme time where you had a mediocre wine that normally you would not give two single craps about. <laughs> yeah. But you, the moment was so amazing. Every time you, time you have this wine, it mm-hmm. just it has turned into one of your favorites. I feel like a lot of my yeah. experiences also come from travel. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, I feel like you could be in a spot. I remember there was a, a night where my boyfriend and I were in Chicago 
and you know we had we had gone out to great wine bars we had gone yes. out to a great dinner mm-hmm. and he goes all i want to do is just have a bottle of chianti and pick up like some you know gas station yes. cheese and go back yes. to the hotel room yes. and i was like no you can't do that that's disgusting you yeah. can't you can't that's not allowed we just yeah. we just had an amazing <laughs> yeah. night right yeah, and we went back and we stopped by like this little convenience store downtown chicago yeah. The wine section was horrific. Yeah. I mean, awful, yes. terrible. Yes. And, you know, nothing, there was no real cheese, <laughs> yeah. but there was like cheese in a can and some yeah. weird meat products and things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, he just had munchies late night yep. as we're going back. So he just loaded up this, you know, just shopping all the bag. Classic trash. Of just you just throw stuff, it at, yep. Right? <clears throat> And we got back, and he threw it down onto the floor of the hotel room. We were staying in this beautiful hotel, and we just opened up that bottle of wine, yeah. and we just, we had yeah. like cheese whiz, yes, terrible crackers, yes. you know, whatever. And I remember thinking, it's not, it's not at all. Yes, we've had amazing yeah. wines. We've done amazing. We've had amazing food experiences, yeah. but for me, it's always about sharing it. Yeah. And it would be so sad if I went through yeah. all of this and didn't mm-hmm. share this. So with my friends, yeah. you know, and with my significant other, we yeah. always share these things. Yeah. And, you know, for him, he just loves the region of Chianti no matter how you give it to him. Really? Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> if it's Chianti, i It could I'm be $2 in. and he <laughs> yeah, just totally. was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, that's so funny. And we just, and it was probably one of the most memorable moments. And I remember oh, thinking so like, cool. this just makes you happy. Yeah. It just brings you joy. It's just linking things. Yeah. It is linking yeah. you to moments. And I'm yeah. just, the, the, maybe the negative of that too is I, I mean, there are negative moments that I, for me at least smell. Is yeah. probably one of the greatest linkers to my horrible memory that I have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have a horrible memory, is what I'm saying. So uh, I smell something, I go right back to that place and time with yeah. the people. Yeah. And I'm sure it could go the other way around of maybe like a negative time, a yeah, negative sure. experience, but I feel like the majority of my links with mm-hmm. smell and those kind of scenarios mm-hmm. are positive. Yeah. So I don't know what that is mentally. Sometimes it's just food. Solidified. So if if you open up a wine and it has, you know, vegetal smells yeah. or, you yes. know, things that you're really not into, people who don't like mushrooms, yeah. right? Like let's say you open up a bottle of wine. There's a lot of red wines out there yeah. that have really big mushroomy smells. Okay. So if you were like force-fed mushrooms as a kid. Yes. And you hate mushrooms. You're instantly. You instantly smell the wine and instantly you're like, I'm never going to like that wine. Gag reflex. Yeah. Or when I say, oh, this wine is kind of dirty and earthy, mm-hmm. you know, people people have a hard time really grasping that okay. until I say, no, it's just like dirt outside. Yeah. Smells yeah. a lot like putting your face into a In, pile of dirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. How important do you think it is for people that aren't, say someone's not going to be like a wine consultant or a wine aficionado, that's yep. the word I'm looking for, uh, but how important do you think it is for people to go past that and push through it do you do you do you teach that of like if you smell it even if you don't like mushrooms try to figure out what the goodness is that's right okay yeah i didn't know if you were like that or just then it's not for you i didn't you um kind of both ways you know sometimes people will just be complete they'll be very loud and vocal you know about it um one night so i do a lot of beer and wine classes i work with a cicerone yes um, Michael Agnew, and he's very well known in Twin Cities. He writes for the Star Tribune. He's written a couple of books, and he and I have been writing and teaching together for oh my gosh, eleven years. Yep. 
And we do a lot of events where it's beer for wine and wine for beer. And, um, you know, half yes. the people coming through the door, we generally say, oh, it's just this is like the, you know, entry, 30-minute reception, mm-hmm. whatever. Would you like a beer or a wine? Well, this woman of 70 people that came yeah. to this event, she said, I don't drink beer. And she was, you know, Adamant very abrupt. And then Michael said, okay, well, you know, Michael's very, yeah. like, he will push it to the limit. Yeah, right? okay. So he says, well, before the end of the night, I'll have you drinking beer. I promise yes. and you'll love it. I'm going to find one you yeah, like. Yeah, and she yes. was like, well, I guarantee you will not. Yeah, you know? yeah. So we were going, going, going. Yeah. Well, throughout the night, she was like, no, I'm not going to have that course that's paired to that beer. Really? She would not she was gonna do it. She going to skip it. Skip it altogether. Oh, that man. was the experience yes. that her company had, you know, given yeah. him this great experience. Well, we got to the dessert course. And he bent down, you know, kind of over her chair, and he was kind of hanging out next to her, and he goes, will you just try this yeah. with the dessert? Yep. And she looked at me, and she was like, I'm only drinking wine. And I said, i got to tell you, every dessert course, yeah. Michael kills it. Yeah. Like his pairings with beer and dessert are yeah. amazing. You should really try it. Yeah. And you could see, we had her do this, you know, pairing where she puts the, you know, food and the beer in her mouth at the yes. exact same time. So she had this, like, crinkled up face while she was doing totally. it. Like, we were, like, what pulling you, off an extremity. What are you doing at this class, is what I asked. Yeah, like, yeah, what are you yeah. Doing here? She's just like, oh, I'm being jailed. Oh, yeah. And um, just over all of a sudden, her, her face just softened. Yeah. And you could see her mouth loving it. And her brain was, like, working so hard yeah. to say no. And she's like, well, it's okay. Yeah. And we were like, okay, cool. Thanks a lot for trying it. Thanks yeah. for playing. Yeah. Well, we went around the room. Yep. And within five minutes, we went back to her her setting. And her beer and her dessert were completely gone. Oh, man. <laughs> How rewarding is that for yeah. you? To, like, yeah. see that. You get to see, like, yeah. that transformation. Man, I... I uh, some of my friends give me a hard time because I am always making things way too deeper of a deal than they are. Sure, it's like, yeah. this is actually about this, but I'm like, I'm always thinking, no, this is actually, this is actually a personality thing. Yeah. This isn't just about the wine or the beer, or the cheese mm-hmm. or whatever's in front of you. This is about how you approach life. It is, and it's true. And you're to yeah. it. I, and I'm convinced, so there's two things, I mean, uh, there's a couple things that I, I just have a hard time with and I'm convinced that people, uh, at least in the circles I run in and in the conversation I've had with people, we don't read books that we don't already agree with before we start reading a book. Oh, okay. So I, uh, yeah. most of the time at least. Sure. So you, you, typically the books you'd read, you already know kind of the vibe of the style or the story or if it's a nonfiction, what it's talking about and you already agree with it and so right. you're, you're going to give it your time. Yeah. And I wonder if drinking, someone that sees that a lot of time with tasting wine, seeing people taste beer is a lot like that too. Of, yeah. You're not even going to try something unless no. you know in advance you're going to like it. No, and the beer drinkers think that they don't like wine, and the wine drinkers yes. definitely feel yeah. like beer is just yellow and bubbly, right? Yeah. Um, and so Michael and I started doing this beer for wine, wine for beer, where we actually force people to put wine and beer in their mouth at the exact same time. Really? So what we want it's like to take a sip at one and then yeah. take a sip at the other. So okay, what we yeah. wanted to do is kind of span that wine drinker or beer drinker to yes. say, you like light-bodied beers, you like light-bodied, you know, whatever. Um, let's say you're really, really into Pilsner and Kolsch-style mm-hmm. beers. Mm-hmm. How do we get you just to try on something from the wine world? Now, I wouldn't come at you with a Cabernet yes. that's full-bodied. Totally. Speaking you know, of Cabernet, but, I need to post yeah. sip this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, go but on. But I might... Um, 
you know, try something on that is in that same acid zone, mm-hmm. um, mouthfeel, um, kind of the, the ideas of where that Kolsch and that Pilsner might lie for yeah. you, right? Yeah. So I might come at you with like a Gruner Veltliner or Savion Blanc or something that is a yes. little bit lighter bodied and more citric, things like that that feel fresh. Yeah. Um, I have a gentleman who works for me. He is our developer and coder for Sit Better, the wine club, and he's a beer dude. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like funny that you work for us at you yeah. know at this you know wine yeah. club but he only drinks beer well he is like only very, i only drink beer he only oh, drinks yeah. beer yep yes. and so i've tried a couple of things on him well then i started to talk to him about what he really likes and yeah. it's all porters and stouts okay so i knew exactly the wines that yeah, were gonna have the know same what his palate goes towards mm-hmm. okay so what is wine if you like porter and stouts what is a wine or style that would be? So, you know, in the beer world, like, in the wine world, it's yeah. very defined. This yeah. is Cabernet. This yeah. is the grape Cabernet. It's an agricultural yeah. product. It grows yeah. blah, 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 all over the it's place. It's a specific grape. It can yeah. change via alcohol, acid, you know, tannin, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. But Cabernet is Cabernet. In the beer world, um, a porter can be a stout, and a stout can be a porter. Hmm. So one brewmaster might call it a... Porter, and another might call it a stout. So there, there's sort of like these gray areas as to what the styles are. Yes, interpretation um, of the yes. people making it. Exactly. Okay. So from that end of it, you know, when Michael and I teach these classes, we actually taste mm-hmm. a particular producer of stout or porter, what have you, and yes. then I taste it with particular whatever I think is going to yeah. match, you know, like a Cabernet or a Zinfandel, things like that. Yeah. And honestly, it takes a, it's a lot of work. Yeah, oh my because gosh. You, to find a good pairing between can, the two? Yeah, I mean, we may go through like four to maybe like seven different pairings before yeah. we find that exact style that really? kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the pairing thing is interesting. I And thanks for like hammering me, by the way, with all these yeah, questions. Because I am yeah. hugely into like the ignorance pool of like <laughs> wine and all this stuff. So I love that. Uh, but I love I, beer. I feel like I have more of a palate towards and I have mm-hmm. experience with... Um, so what is, do you have like an example of a combination of a beer that someone's listening to, it's successful, people can go find it and pair it with that wine? Yeah. Or is it more uh, of just an in-class thing that experiment It's sort of like a, yeah, it kind of is. I'm trying to think of something maybe that we've done recently. Um, maybe like an IPA of sorts, but I can't even think of like a particular producer yeah. that we've put with, you know, one yeah. before. But you've done an IPA mm. with a certain type of wine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Same thing, though, with food. So, yeah. you know, one of my biggest pieces is that I'm constantly pushing people with food. Yep. And one of the, like, I love high acid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, when I think about what I eat, mm-hmm. I drink a lot of high acid things. Like, I love lemon and mint and mm-hmm. things like that. And I love dill pickles. Yeah. Well, dill pickles in the world of wine, if you were to look at a textbook, people yeah. would say, no way. Oh, in the sense of pairing? Or pairing. You say, if in you the get way that of pairing. Profile. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. You just avoid People would say nothing. So about three years ago, I did a whole video series with a couple of chefs, and they wanted me to pair Mm -hmm. wines to things that were pickled. Really? And I was like, well, shoot. Now what am I supposed to do? You're literally telling me to do something I've been trained to not do. Yeah. (laughs) Avoid, yeah. So what I did is literally open everything that I thought could definitely work and then I found that Sauvignon Blanc and dill pickles were like the greatest greatest pairing ever. Really? Ever. 
Sauvignon Blanc and dill pickles. Sauvignon Blanc and dill pickles. You just, that okay. is one pairing that I can tell you. Just go pick up any bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. And then get dill pickles, kosher dill pickles, and just, you've got to have both of them in your mouth at the exact same time in order to understand the pairing. But that is one of those things where people think, oh, no way, is that going to work? Yeah. Until you really try it on. So, okay, when you're talking about pairing food and wine, uh, what are you looking for uh, for something to be a good pairing? If you're trying, if say that, tell me about the dill pickle experience. Yeah. Are you looking for the wine to for just not to clash with each other and yeah. getting extra weird tastes, or are you looking more for the whole to be better? Like a yeah, so thing. it's the idea of one plus one equals three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in the world of wine, sort of where my science yeah. brain starts, it starts with acid, sugar, alcohol, tannin, things like that that are yeah. all the makeup of wine. Yeah. Well, I take that and yeah. then I look for comparatives and contrasts to the food that I'm pairing. Comparatives and contrasts. Yep. So okay. let's say I have a really big bowl of creamy pasta, like a yeah. pasta alfredo. Yes. Right? Like just super creamy, lots of cheese. Yeah. The plate itself is really heavy, and yeah. sort of in order for you to lighten it, yeah. you could add a wine to it that would be acidic. So let's say you're okay. making guacamole yes. at home, right? Yep. You're making guacamole at home, you're like, oh shoot, I, I think I put a little too much salt in it, maybe it has too much roasted garlic in it, I want to lighten it up. Mm-hmm. Generally what you would do if you're in your own kitchen, you'd probably add like a lime juice to it, some sort of yes. an acid, Okay. right? Yep. So if you kind of think about I like... I say if, yes, if but I'm ignorant in the kitchen, so yep, for, sh- <laughs> like for sure, I always add acid. Yeah. Home, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. You're like, oh my sauce, it's a little too heavy. Yep. If I add an acid, it's actually going to lighten it. Yeah. So um, same thing kind of like when you're cooking, actually wine can do the same thing. So an acidic okay. Pinot Grigio yes. or Sauvignon Blanc yeah. that's high acid in the grape comes through and actually kind of eats up some of the fat in the dish. Yes. So it's a contrastive pairing yes. okay. and it works beautifully. Yeah. Now you can come at it head to head. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Mayweather and Mayweather got mm-hmm. in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have the big, heavy, creamy plate of pasta and you're like, I'm just going to go big all the way through so you yeah. picked up a really big bold chardonnay yeah and then the two of them could also be friends okay now old school pairing used to say you couldn't pair acid to acid okay so you had because it's just going to overload you yes okay. so like green beans or asparagus yes acidic you there was no wine mm-hmm. you know in 1992 yeah. you know yeah. for that but now we're finding if you add acid to acid, actually they end up neutralizing. Really? So that's the dill pickle scenario. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if you have acidic dill pickles and acidic Sauvignon Blanc, yes. the two of them kind of neutralize and then become BFFs. melts out. Okay. Yeah. But there's other times when it'd just be overpowering, like could, crazy. Okay. It could also put that yeah. on steroids. Yeah. Right? So you just look, you just have to find you it? You constantly are eating and drinking. Yeah. And you're constantly... Oh, Thinking yes. and drinking. Okay. And it's it's the secret behind yes. being really really good yes. at eating. Yes. And being really good at drinking. Yes. Oh right. man, I love. Okay, you just <laughs> said thinking and drinking. Yeah. And I'm totally gonna steal that because you I've should. just been using like I've been using in I've been trying to find a word for it. I've been saying intentional dr- tasting. Thinking and, being and drinking. Moment, thinking and drinking. Just it's really simple. Ah, just yes. simple. Simplify it, right? Because when you turn, it's one thing as Americans, we don't, we drink to, 
well, we drink to forget, right? We yeah. drink to yeah. relax. We, I, and which is why I think that as Americans, we all pro- probably are also more abusive yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. For me in my world, wine is food. So uh, I treat it like food. Hell yes. Right? Yes. And I then love it's, this. it's part yeah. of your okay. meal. Yeah. And then it's an experience that you can yeah. talk about. Yeah. And then you're constantly thinking about the flavors. Yes. And yeah, I mean, you're, if you drink two glasses of wine, let's face it, you're going to get yeah. tipsy. Yeah. But if you if you sip it and taste and eat and enjoy and yeah. make it an experience yeah. for not just yourself, but yes. maybe it's the two of you sitting on the floor eating a bunch of uh, horrible, you know, snacks. salami <laughs> yeah, totally. and yeah, cheese whiz, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, it man. becomes kind of this thing where, I don't know, it just, for me, it, it just is, it's more part of my life and I feel like in the people that I hang out with, yeah. my friends, yeah. we cannot wait to eat with wine. Yeah, we we cook all the time. We're cooking according to the, mm-hmm. and it's not this weird nerdy techie thing. Yeah, we're doing it just because we enjoy it. It adds value. It's all it just does. adding adding value to yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I have I have a few friends that are um, not that way because I'm the same. I'm the same way. I like yeah. to. Sur- I'm surrounded by like let's talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> biggest pet peeve is going out to eat and if you, and someone. Uh, is unwilling to let anybody taste their food. It's right. like, oh, you don't belong at our table. Yeah, like you don't, you're not you're not cool with people tasting your your wine or your food, or whatever. <laughs> uh, next time you're not here. Yeah, you can't yeah. come. But yeah. the thought of I have a few friends that are the other way that they just um, I actually no, I have no idea where I was going with that. But the thinking and drinking to yeah. me, oh, what I was gonna say is that solves all the problems. It does because you talk about like alcohol abuse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not thinking and drinking. You're just mm-hmm. pounding. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. are just uh, blindly pounding, and I think. And I think a lot yeah. of people do that, you know, with wine, and yeah. that's where you're going to the store and you're just buying a yes. jug of wine, and that's yes. that. Yeah. But I also think, again, it doesn't always have to go with price point because there's so many amazing yeah. wines in the market. Yeah. I mean, we we are still the number one marketplace yeah. for wine, where we're being sold so much wine and we're importing so much. Yes. Um, that there's so much available totally. to us from every country. Okay, I want to talk about the price point. Um, a thought that came to mind when you're talking about this thing of thinking and drinking too is I realize that that is not the most common within maybe the American culture generally. Right. Right. When I was over in, um, we were in Salzburg, Austria in in October. Awesome. And we were at this cool spot that had different uh, aperitifs and like whiskeys and stuff. Yeah. And we were there, and it was about. 12.30 or 1 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped in. We're like, okay, we're going to get a couple of these. And Sarah and I are nerding out. Right. And just like tasting them and like talking about it. It's adding yeah. value to the moment. Mm-hmm. And this family oh, comes in. And they're like, oh, what's this place? Oh, oh man, we're not. No, it's way too early to start drinking. It, that's the direct quote. They're like, right. it's way too early to start drinking. And I go, oh, for you, once you start drinking, you're drinking to get drunk. And yeah. you, you should wait till the evening to do that. Right. But you just don't. Yeah. So if there's somebody, if someone's listening... And maybe they recognize that, man, I haven't been thinking and drinking. Mm-hmm. Is Do you have like a, a first step into that world? Like, <laughs> do you have like advice of like, go do this, go buy a bottle of wine, sit down with it. I don't know what your advice would well, be to someone that maybe that's outside their comfort zone, but they know that they should be doing that. Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest tips I feel like for people and I talk to people a lot about when they're entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of classes where we're talking about entertaining tips. Yes. Um, You know, you have, like, whether it's, like, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, a holiday coming up. Well, you're always thinking about the people that are coming over. One of my biggest tips to them is you could be starting 
for brunch. It could okay. be Mother's Day. It could be mm-hmm. Christmas. It could be Easter, whatever. You don't want Aunt Mabel hammered <laughs> by 1230, correct? Maybe you got some family issues or and maybe you do you want do. it. Yeah, maybe but, you but, do. but most yeah, of yeah. the time you don't. Right. Yeah, yeah. So my tip to people always is check like you've got to start to understand a little bit more about wine so that if you are starting at noon that you're not going to start with like an argentine melbeck at you know 15 percent or an american zinfandel at 15 percent as your first glass right instead maybe kind of work into it and then right around protein course is when you can start to have some of the heavy hitters Now, you might have Uncle Bob that says, I only drink Zinfandel, you know, 100% of the time, and you're not going to talk me into anything else. Then so be it, right? But I think if you start to think about it as... Oh, maybe I'll start with old an old world wine, which is lower, generally lower in alcohol. Yeah. Something um, a little bit lighter bodied, yeah. and then I can kind of work into you know other wines as I move throughout the day. And start be, being intentional with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm yeah. very conscious of that. Are you? Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't. Um, I mean, number one, alcohol content. I think constantly about it because it can seriously hmm. put a huge like bummer on my mood. If I'm tipsy by wine number two. Yes. You know, I'm like, I don't want to drink 16% and I'm in the salad course. Yes. Right? Totally. Yeah. So, so you are always thinking of that. I am. What am I starting with and going that way? I am. Um, I don't like high alcoholic wine. So it, really? I mean, it's just not really my style yeah. anyways. I definitely yeah. like, I'm a high acid old world drinker. Is this kind of what I, yeah. you know, like? And yes. so I, and my thing too is also from a health perspective, how many calories can I like squish in, you know, yes. and, yeah. and all of that, totally. you know, those are also things I think that people think about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that is, I've been have, thinking about, I like diet stuff, cutting mm-hmm. things out. I'm like, man, if I cut out, cause I'm, I love beer is kind of my thing. Like beer and, and whiskeys yeah. are like my thing that I love. And I'm always thinking and drinking yeah. with it. Yeah. And I'm trying to build up my palate for wine, mm-hmm. but I've realized like, man, if I cut out, all the drinking calories mm-hmm. out of my life, man. I would lose. I would just be in so much better shape, probably. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, but I would lose so much enjoyment out of my life. It's yeah. not worth it, right? Because I feel like I'm coming from the the side that's thinking and drinking, oh, right? Uh, anyway, that's just a note. It just made me think of that. But it's yeah, but yeah. it's very true. Yeah. The amount of calories yeah. that you consume, totally, just via drinking. Yeah. I have an employee that every year he he stops drinking for one whole month yeah. and he loses like 15 pounds. Yeah. He does yeah. it, you know. No, he's yeah. also a guy so yeah. he can just do that overnight. But yeah. I feel like from that perspective, all he did was cut out yeah. drinking and the amount of calories that you take in. So I do teach yeah. a lot of wine and wellness classes. Oh, cool. And women are yeah. really, really concerned wine and about wellness that. wellness classes. Yeah, yes. so we talk about, you know, how can you enjoy more not feel tipsy. Mm-hmm. Let's say you are the host or the hostess and you, you're you like, I want to have a glass of wine while I'm putting, you know, brunch or dinner together mm-hmm. or whatever. You don't want to also be, you know, yes. tipping over by the time you're <laughs> so serving the you're protein course. You know, so, that just also doesn't happen. Okay, let me uh, side sidestep to something completely random. Yeah. As someone who has, you're constantly, the checks and balances of figuring out you're thinking about okay where am i right now tipsy level sure or like okay what can i drink what am i supposed to be spitting out where am i i have this theory Mm -hmm. when it comes to drinking and i want i want to know if what you think about it is if i get tipsy if i get to a certain level of buzzed early in the day 
Yeah. And then I come down, I level out completely from that. Okay. After that moment where I'm back to normal after having gone on this, the ride of the arc of the early <laughs> yeah, afternoon, whatever day. it is, yeah. then I could go out and my consumption after that in the evening could be way more than normal before I felt it again. I feel like there's something about going to that point. I didn't know if wow. you... That's random. I'm, yeah. I'm, to, I'm totally picking myself as like a crazy drinker. I'm not. But I've noticed if I like yeah. find myself uh, like tipsy earlier and then I come down, level out. Yeah. Then after that, you it just... would take double what I would have to, to feel anything. I didn't know if you've experienced that. I don't know yeah. if I've experienced that. <laughs> okay. That's just yeah. like a superhuman gift. Oh, totally. That yeah, have. that might be it. That might It's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm doing an interview later in the evening, I got to make sure I'm up here if we're, if we're having scotches. You know, it's really That's interesting, funny. though, because um, before I came yeah. to see you today, yeah. I had an appointment with a distributor and I tasted mm-hmm. 20 wines before I came. But you taste and you spit everything. Yeah. So, yes. you know, all day, whether I'm like in an appointment or I'm teaching a class, yeah. you know, I'm tasting and spitting and everything. Yeah. And generally then at the end of my night, I have a glass yeah. of wine. But it's interesting because people sort of automatically assume, and don't get me wrong, there's yeah. many people in my industry yeah. who drink. Yes. Like all day. Oh, for sure. And like then a, they drive yeah, around yeah. and have a, appointments. And yeah. For me, I just... I just don't function yeah, that way. Totally. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm the I same just, way. I can't imagine holding myself together very professional. If, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you were doing that. And I, I have, it's almost a respect for people that can. I'm my instantly, especially because <laughs> these interviews for me, I a lot of times they have, we have like a beer or we're drinking sure. over them. Yeah. Uh, and I've just been listening back, embarrassed of like, oh, <laughs> yep, halfway through, I'm starting to slur my words drinking martinis <laughs> at Mancini's. Right. And I'm like, okay, I need to start thinking about this differently. That's funny. It, I mean, it no. is because people automatically assume also that as a sommelier that yeah. you're drinking. Yeah. I yeah. I have so many people come up to me at a woman one night in the middle of an event mm-hmm. to grab onto my arm because oh. she needed balance <laughs> and she said to me, you must have to get an Uber every night every- that you leave yeah. your events. No. And I said, mm, nope, I yeah. drove here. She says, but you have wine in your hand. And I said, it's a trick. Yeah. Of course I have wine in my hand. Yeah. I always have wine in my yeah. hand. It doesn't mean that I'm drinking that wine, yes. but I'm talking about the wines, yes. right? Okay. Um, or people, so that's something. You're not yeah. always drinking it, no. or are you like pacing it, sipping it, or you I actually just won't sip. even have. Yeah. Uh, there's might. times you'll teach a class, yep. and then you, but you'll have a glass that you won't even take a sip from. I'm teaching yeah, you know, I guess for so. two, yeah. three hours at a time. Totally. And so I'm talking oh, the so... entire class. Yeah. There's not even time for yeah. me to drink the wine. Yeah. And there's some nights where I go, wow, that wine tastes so good. Yes. And I uh, want to drink that wine, yeah. but I don't have time to yeah, drink I'll it. Yeah, I'll drink it after the class or yeah. something. Yeah, or when I teach with a chef. I don't yeah. get to, you know, people are like, you should yeah. eat. Well, I don't, you don't have time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. There, so uh, I think about my work, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to relate it to what you do, and I, I'm thinking about when I do a, an all-day session, mm-hmm. or I have something where I have a, a ton of rehearsals in the day, we play at night, and I'm driving home. The last thing I want to put on the radio is music. I'm listening to audiobooks or podcasts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get to that point with wine where you're like, I just don't feel like having a glass of wine right now? Do you ever get wined out? Yes. Okay. Um, it's funny because if uh, well, I was just on vacation. Yeah. And we met um, two couples. Yeah. And this gentleman, you know, everybody goes into, well, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Well. I'm that person that yeah. I want to make up a different yeah. profession because I just don't want to talk about my I'm, job yes, on vacation, I, yes. right? 
you because don't you've been either. accessible. Yeah. Right. But my your thing is no one goes, oh, cool, you play bass for this thing. I, so the other day I was working on my bass and like, how would you approach this tune as a bass? No one asks me that. It's not, they don't? It, not, well, not really. I mean, there's, oh. there's questions, but people yeah. aren't like, oh, you instantly, I, I can translate that, that to my life when I'm going through. You yeah. do this thing where everybody goes, oh, I've got a million questions because it impacts me every day. Yeah, um, it does. So I'm sure, oh, anyways, but not to interrupt. But then this couple instantly, yeah. you know, the gentleman yeah. started asking questions and I'm super gracious and I yeah. love it when yeah. people ask questions. Yeah. Um, and it's really cute, you know, mm-hmm. too, because people... You know, once they start to feel comfortable, then all of a sudden you start to, you see them asking questions. And the wife literally jabbed him and she said, stop that. Don't bug her. She's on vacation. She doesn't want to talk about work. Yes. And it was like, oh, nonsense. Like, I love it. I think it's great because I want people to just like learn more and feel more comfortable with wine, what have you. But it is kind of true that, um, no, I mean, when I'm on vacation, I know I do love to drink wine when I'm on vacay, but I really like to drink margaritas and tequila for sure and there are times when i just want to drink beer yeah and that's it oh for sure yeah man i yeah i'm i can 100 percent relate to that Mm -hmm. uh i was and even this weekend i was out and i was talking with a buddy we had the same conversation of man after this i just want to sit in silence watch something pointless nobody talk to me about like you you Mm -hmm. you just don't want to be on Mm -hmm. necessarily and i could see where you running into people in public could have I, if I were you, I'd feel like I'd have to like kind of okay. Now I'm getting back into my like teaching mode, yeah. talking about it. It's almost being like nice. a different person. You're being nice. It's not a different personality, yeah. but you're a performer, yeah. right? You're on yeah. stage, yeah. right? So then, when you are not on stage, I mean, you gear yourself up to be on stage, yeah. Right? You you go into a mindset, you know, like, and all of a sudden you get into it, and then you're totally. it's like your whole person is out. Yes. Yeah. Um. I. So I always say that I'm an extrovert introvert. Mm-hmm. Because I do so much in front of a, you know, whether it's camera, whether it's this, it's yes. teaching, it's, mm-hmm. you know, instructing, maybe yes. it's training, all of that. And so I have yeah. to be on yes. so that they're on. Yeah. But the second that I get in my car and I'm driving home, whoa. It, yeah. It's almost like a yeah. full black window goes totally. out. Totally. How have you? How is? How does that come into say your relationship with your boyfriend? Where does he get that? Not. I don't know if you guys are still yeah. dating. Who are you oh, talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does he? Is he? Does he understand that? Yes. Like a, he gets that. Like you just need to unwind and yeah. recharge. Yes. Is he cool with that? Yeah, and yeah. we've been together for a very long time. Yeah. So he, and he I, knows. And we're both in hospitality. Okay. Know? So we both, you know, give a lot. I would say. Yeah. On both ends of it. So yeah. when we come home. Um, but he's also my favorite person to talk to. That's, yeah, that's right? cool. Like, yeah. I can't wait to tell him yeah. sort of everything. Sometimes he's like, will you please be quiet? Yeah, totally. <laughs> that, right? that is funny. Yeah, that is funny. I, can, I have that juxtaposition too where on sometimes I have to physically remind myself of like, okay, I don't want to be the person that like, comes home and is just only gives scraps, yeah. you know, emotionally. Right, yeah. But then there's sometimes, like, uh, yesterday, Sarah and I went out for cocktails, and I'd been gone all weekend, and I just unloaded on her all the stories of my weekend yeah. or whatever. And yeah. so it is that balance of between the two. It Being is. someone that's in front of people. It is. And people don't know, people that aren't in front of people as much as you are, Yeah. don't realize that just because you are sociable doesn't mean that's how you recharge. That's right. You know? Yeah. Now, some so, people do really pull their energy yeah. from a crowd. And I, I definitely can feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, I get into a mental space yeah. before I'm about to teach a class. Yeah. 
um, and I will pull so much energy yeah. from that group, right? Yes. And I will really just get into it and, and I don't know. Yeah. Again, it sort of becomes this intimate circle yes. where you're sharing, they're sharing. You're talking about everything. Yep. Because you're talking about what people do, what mm-hmm. they, how they travel, how they eat, how they drink, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, I do pull a lot of energy from people and groups. And then when I'm done... You know, it also just sort of just depends, I, I guess, yeah, on the group. Yeah, totally. Because then you there's people to, who can really suck it out yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, because you, sometimes it's so good, you almost have like an, an adrenaline detox you need to go yeah. through of just like, okay, I it's midnight, but I can't go to sleep for the next hour because right. I just need to be, yeah. like, just relax and like mm-hmm. let myself settle. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's a side note. I just wondered if that happens with yeah. you being in front of people so much. Nonstop. And I, okay. I, really, I really do work a lot. You know, yeah. I will work until like 12, yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning and then I'm up at 7 and yeah. do the same thing kind of all over. I yeah. mean, owning two businesses is a massive yeah. job and to be all parts of operations and marketing. So it's basically like I'm the talent and the suit. Yeah. You know, I've got to manage yes. all the back end of it. Yes. You know, oh, and totally. then you have to be the talent. Yep. Yeah. And, and you it's have to perform. And it's, it's not, it's, they're two completely separate yeah. sides of your brain you got to snap into. Yeah. Yeah. And Are so you, all that organization, you know, hopefully and whatever, yeah, yeah. it all comes together at the end Are of the day. Are you naturally good at that? Um, the, uh, the balancing, those two sides <laughs> of it? Or is that something you've had to be intentional about? It's funny because I wanted oh. the word balance tattooed on my body yeah. for over a decade. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because I balance is the one thing that I probably wake up with mm-hmm. um, I did tattoo grateful on my arm because I am yes. grateful for all yes. of it yeah. um, and I, I felt like I should have balance like literally somewhere when I'm brushing my teeth in yes. the morning that you I just can see it. I can see it yeah. and it is one thing that I have to constantly remind myself of because I am a workaholic to the max Yeah. and so stopping and yeah. both yeah. You know, my boyfriend and I are that way. And so we have to literally leave the state yes. or the country sometime to get out, to just go away yes, and stop. Totally. Yeah. I could not, I'm, I'm, I'm just resonating. The only way. I'm just yelling yes at yeah. you because I'm like, yes, this is to- I can it's totally resonate with that. Yeah. Because otherwise um, people are like, well, can't you, you, we, you know, yeah. so. On a personal side, do you, is there anything that, uh, is there any practice that you do uh that helps you or mindset that helps you bring that balance of the morning kind of try to pull that into the rest of your day yeah. is there anything it's more um, of a personal question I'm a yogi. yeah yep so between yoga and yep. working out um yeah. i would say those things are the pieces that call my mind yeah, yeah. otherwise i'll be skyrocketing yeah. and you do that in the morning um between nine and noon yeah at some okay, point in time yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's in the morning, but yeah. I'm not. I used to work out very, very early morning. Yeah. But I, I used to teach actually an aerobics class in college yes. at like 5:30 a.m. Oh, I don't know who that person was. Yeah. So the, I, I, I think I knew that then? person. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants to be doing aerobics at 5:30. No, no. And uh, now it's between you know nine and noon, and yeah. then I try to get all that you know adrenaline out, and then yeah. come back to my day, yeah. get the rest of it organized, and then go do an event at night. Yes. You know, so it's okay. definitely an all day. Yeah, trying to pull it forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to just sidestep and move backwards a little bit. Are you yep. doing okay on time for a few more minutes? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, great. Um, yep. I, I feel like this long in the conversation, it's proper to be. It's uh, I've waited long enough for mm-hmm. someone listening to mm-hmm. ask. 
what the hell is a sommelier? <laughs> it's like normally that was gonna be my opening question, oh, but then sure. all this was like so interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah. if someone didn't know yeah. about what you do, right. like what is a sommelier? And so, I know there's documentaries and all that yeah, stuff yeah, out yeah. there now. So sommelier used to be, um, well actually started out as the king's taster. Yeah. So centuries ago, yeah. it was the king's taster. If the sommelier died tasting the king's food or drink, yes. then clearly the king was not going to consume those yeah, yeah. products, right? Yeah. So, so like a cupbearer type thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And because somebody was always trying to get the king, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And then as you moved on, it became a very European um, sort of like table side piece. So it was the oh, sommelier okay, was, yeah. was a part of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you know, between the certifications and the organizations around yeah. the world that made it obviously a business, and we can really thank again Europe for that. Yeah. Then things became certifications, um, degrees, kind of as you yes. move on. And yeah. then there's different parts of being a sommelier. So most people think of, oh, I stand table side and I help people navigate yeah. a wine list mm-hmm. and I work nightly, yeah. you know, in a restaurant. Yeah. So that's kind of how it used to be. Yeah. And then sommeliers went to go work for wineries. So okay. helping a winery with education or, you know, training. Yes. You know, with people. Um, maybe like being the formal, I don't want to say brand ambassador, but yeah, you are like the, the ambassador. Face. The face yeah, you're of kind it. Of yeah, the that's face, a better right? way to say it. Yeah. And then from there, um, lots of it became education okay. for consumers. Yeah. Um, people now work for distributors. So, yeah. you know, larger liquor companies, things yeah. like that. Um, mine, I just sort of carved out of what I thought yeah. it should be. Because that's why so. I was curious. Because when I think of a sommelier, like going through all the training, you get yeah. your you get your official whatever. I don't know, yeah. diploma certification. certification. Yeah. Uh, then to me, I thought, well, then then you just. It's like you got your doctor's uh, yeah. your doctorate, and then <laughs> you get a then you get a job. Yeah. But for you. You had that happen, and then you're like, I'm doing this myself. I'm yeah. starting something. I'm starting this business. That's right. Yeah. So I started out in the restaurant industry, um, worked four and five-star restaurants yeah. when I was a kid through yeah. 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, ended up at University of Colorado with an English lit degree yeah. and a Mesoamerican art really? history minor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Oh, that's fascinating. Super weird. Yeah. And but I'd always loved the story and the history of wine. And you know, throughout restaurant life, you learn all these really cool individual stories about people who, one, grow food or make wine. Yeah. Um, And I was fascinated by it. And my girlfriend said, "Hey, there's this sommelier program." So the International Sommelier Guild, they only, yeah. you know, do it in certain cities. Yeah. And um, I was living in Colorado at the time. Yeah. And she was like, there's a really cool program up in Portland. And I was like, Portland? Oregon? What? Why yeah. would I move there? It rains yeah. all the time. And I looked into it and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Full two-year program at the yeah. time. Yeah. Know, it's not that way anymore. But... While I was there, I just... Because now it's just classes. You kind of... Do you have to do it on your own and just kind of find... You take classes and it's generally like okay. a two-day class. So you go through some certifications. Really? They've lowered the standard through the court. Really? Um, and so it's kind of a different piece where International Sommelier Guild used to be. You're sitting in classroom for X yeah. amount of hours. And then you pass four tests before you actually become even certified. Really? So... And it was really beer, wine, tea, sake, cigar, and spirit. Yeah. Where, you know, you would go in for like three weeks at a time and you'd smoke cigars every morning. 
what? Because <laughs> it's all of this in together. It's a I whole call it all rip. things that give you a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. All things that give you uh, a buzz. I mean, for two it. years, you were just, those were the things that you're doing. And it wasn't, um, it taught you a lot because yeah. you were there with the instructors mm-hmm. and the founders at the time. It's a Canadian yeah, institute. Yeah. So the founders at the time, they were so passionate about it. Yeah. And you had these people in yeah. those eight-hour classes where you could just get into their brains and ask them everything. Yeah, and now... So great. Yeah, so it great. doesn't happen. Um, the core has changed things okay. until you get to certain levels. When yeah. you get to advanced and master, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of self-study, but yeah. then there's a lot of mentoring going on at that point, too. So I saw the documentary that everybody... Mm-hmm. It's kind of that I'm sure everybody talks about. That's every, yeah. the normal world. There's a documentary on Netflix. Right. Uh, and in that, the that's kind of my only... In, insight into the world of the sommelier yeah. or sommelier yeah. uh, is it still like that? Do you have to sit down in a room and do the blind a yes. blind tasting? Yes. That's part of your um, it's just part of your initial certification. Yeah. You sit down um, my first test with International Sommelier Guild yeah. was my last exam to be certified was yeah. five parts in two days. Jeez. So one whole part crap. was 20 blind glasses when I walked into a room. You walk in and there's 20, 20 glasses. On a long table. And it was everything from sparkling to red, white. Um, there was a spirit yeah. in there. Um, digestives, you know, things like yeah. that. So you tasted everything all the way down. And then you had to definitely break it down via sensory so region yes. year soil yes um and then all the pairing aspects of it oh, and man. then you had a you had somebody what? there asking you and about you had to say pairings. this would go well with this yeah and would you so the i know it might sound cliche to set to ask like they break it this is a this is a red wine this yeah. is a something you break it down is that really how you go through it when tasting it you just are but then constantly... you say what's generally old world new world is it from Europe or is it outside okay. of Europe you know is it a cool climate is it a warm climate so you're constantly left or right start to take yeah you're constantly exactly left or right do you take a stab at what's the weight of the grape well it's red well yeah. where can I you know looking at it is it yeah. is it more opaque or can I see through it yeah. that can start to give you a lot of indications yep. about where it's from yeah. Also, the weight of the grape, the thickness of the skin, yes. things like that. And then climate and vintage okay. have a ton to do with that. Man. So let's say it was really, really, really cold in Oregon one yeah. year, but then two years later it was really hot. Yeah, You have to know kind of all those pieces in there. And then yeah. if all of a sudden you're starting to go down the road like, I think this is an Oregon Pinot, you should start to understand where and how Pinot Noir grows and what yeah. kind of soil that it grows in. And then if you're going to pull out Oregon, you better know what the soils are yes. in the Willamette Valley. And then Man, pulling cr- out all those aspects of things. So you there's a lot of history. That is crazy. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of history. Oh, man. I That's cool because I think... Um, so in music, there is... People have... Uh, Perfect pitch, right? Yeah. So that you can hear, you can hear a song, and you're like, "Oh, I know exactly what note that is," and yeah. just instantly hear it. Yeah. And I thought the tasting with Similia, you just had to be like that. You taste it, and you instantly know, and you have to remember thousands of things. Yeah. But it's more of 
what I have to do with music is, I, I, it's called relative pitch. And I hear it, and I hear the intervals of different notes, and then I can say, oh, this is this type of chord hearing. Yeah. Hearing. And I can, I can sit down deductive. and chart. Deductive. Exactly. And it's totally deductive, and I mm-hmm. didn't know it was the same. Deductive. Really? Exactly. In fact, I was just having this conversation yesterday with my boyfriend who plays yeah. bass. Oh, really? And, and he yes. was in a band for years and years yes. and years. And his poor basses, they, you know, they sit in our office and I'm like, pick him up, play him. Yes. But I said to him, I'm like, if you were learning guitar, who's the person, like, who's mm. the icon mm-hmm. in the world and the history of what you wanted to learn? Who is yes. that person? Because we yeah. were listening to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And I love music. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I hear so many things in music and I relate wine to music a okay. lot. Yeah. And um, I did a whole big thing for Best Buy once where they wanted me to match wine to pitch. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. And so when Beats first came out, yeah, yeah. so there was a whole um, you know group of people that they were training to sell Beats. Well, they realized really? that it wasn't just the nerdy audiophile, yeah. but it was the person who had like the in-home system that maybe did drink wine, yeah. right? Totally. So they flew me to Boston and they said... All right, we have these really high-end in-ear pieces. Yeah. We're going to give you five of these in-ear pieces, and we're going to give them to you for three months, and we want you to pick now wines. And so I'd have the hundred people. Yeah, yeah. They all work for Best Buy. They put their in-ear pieces in, and then I would give them wine according to what they heard. Really? Now, this was my interpretation, right? Yeah. So if you heard something oh, that was very I staccato love, love and this. like high pitch, yes. then I was giving you something that was acidic and yeah. light bodied and sharp and yes. how it felt on your palate. Okay. Okay. So you're all about thinking and drinking, yeah. thinking, processing, That's what really am I hearing? That's thinking and to- drinking. It's really thinking. <laughs> so what are some questions you, you sat down for the first time, you put on the headphones, you mm-hmm. played a piece of music. Mm-hmm. What are some of the first questions you asked yourself when you, when you were listening to this music? to get to the point of, oh, well, then this wine would be good with it. Yeah, I guess the biggest part was, you know, where was the song going? Maybe okay. in the middle, maybe the, yeah. the front end of the song was this, and, you know, was the back end of it. They were very careful also as to what they wanted me to listen to. Yes, really. You know, so oh, like one in-ear piece, it's only jazz. Yeah. It was only jazz. Yeah. You know, because then you were really going to hear, you know, some yes. full, rounded, heavier sides yeah. to it, but you could also hear some pretty heavy bass. Yeah. And, but you could also hear trumpet. And, yeah, I mean, there's so many different oh, sides man. to it. Yeah. So then, okay, that's a process. We were where... working with the Miles Davis family, really? though, too. Oh, so my gosh. There was a you... lot of that. What? Yeah, there was a lot of that, too. Okay, because so. I would naturally think, that's why I asked that question, because I would naturally think, okay, how does this make me feel? What emotion am I doing? And that's obvious. Yeah. But then what I wouldn't have thought of is, okay, how does this start and where does it go? Does it taper off? Does it build? Yeah. And then how does this whine? Then would you find a wine if the song started slow? Is there a climax in the middle yeah. of the wine? Is so there... were you finding maybe more, like you were talking about earlier, um, matching? Yes. That's what you were going with that? Okay. Because there are wines that you smell and taste and you go, oh, oh that gosh, so that's badass. great. But then you, even after you swallow yeah. it, you're, yeah. you can't stop thinking about it. Okay. And there's a textural thing that yeah. not a lot of people talk about in wine texture is really massive you know it's um when the wine is gone from your mouth it's not just how it is in your mouth right now but afterwards what can you imagine eating where would you be drinking Mm. it you know how would you enjoy it you know things like that because there's layers and layers of wine that you can taste long after it's gone 
and okay. well-built wines yep. and well-built wines. So you, when you're kind of going through it and then you think, oh, wow, what's going to happen in this song? I mean, yeah. Fleetwood Mac is kind of an amazing example. Oh, yeah. If you're really thinking about, oh, yes. like, Lindsay and, like, I mean, look at what a musician yep. overall yeah. or just the collaboration of all parts of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Every single time I listen, I'm totally. like, why do I love every song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's so well built. So, okay. Um, so then are you, when you're tasting stuff and when you're talking about well built, I like this because I am just, all right, here, here's the question I want to ask. I, when I am talking with people about music or mm-hmm. even friends with tasting, I have a lot of friends that want to taste scotch better or something. Yeah. I, my, my big thing is stop asking if you like, the question of do I like this or do I not like it, throw that out of your mind. Right. It's all about what are you tasting or what yeah. are you hearing right now. Right. And I wondered if that's a constantly a question that's always on your mind yeah. of this is a well-built song mm-hmm. uh, in relation to what you just said. How do you ask yourself not do I like this wine mm-hmm. or this drink or not? How do I know if it's well built or not? Yeah, like, where is, is it going? One. Yeah, where is and it going? So that's what I'm curious about. I worded that question in the lamest way, but I'm, no. I'm wondering what question. So then, what do you ask yourself? In the same way, you just know the song is a, a crafted piece of art, which they are, all of their tunes are. Yeah. How do you know if a piece of a glass of wine is a well crafted? Yeah, are some that's hard. For so for me, you know, I'm not yeah. like a music person I just yeah. know that I like it yeah. so I'm the same way that if somebody mm-hmm. came to me and says I know that I like wine but I don't know why yeah. I'm the same person probably yeah. with music I yeah. love every genre of music yeah. and I just don't even know why yeah. I think it's because there's something inside of it that that I don't even know where it's going but I'm excited to hear where okay with wine it's all about the length of the wine you know, is it short and fast and dissipates like okay. it goes away yeah same thing if you were drinking beer yeah scotch Gin, okay. you know, all those pieces. Yeah. Is there a lingering aspect of it that makes you think about it? Yeah. Do you think about food to go along with it? Or is it just kind of like short, quick, does it go away? Um, does the Do length not of it remember it? Is it memorable? Yeah, yeah. is it memorable? Exactly. Yeah. When we start to talk about layers of wine, yeah. you know, for me I I visualize a lot of regions. Because I've yeah. been to a lot of regions. Yeah. So when somebody's talking to me about, like, for instance, mm-hmm. Willamette Valley, there's a soil there. It's called Jory Clay Soil. Jory it's a, Clay Soil, it's a okay. thick, red, sticky clay. Mm-hmm. And you get it on your boots, and, it like, you can never get it off, yeah. basically. And it's that you know the vines coming up out of it, because vines are very soluble, and they suck up pretty much mm-hmm. everything into their, you know, yeah. vines, and yeah. then disperse that into the grapes. Yeah. And so you can taste it and smell it, and you can feel it. Okay. Really? So you can, for me, like, I'm visualizing, yes. you know, I'm like, oh, well, Lama Valley. And then somebody's like, oh, it's actually in the Dundee Hills, you know, or Eola Amity. I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've stood in that piece of property. Yeah. And you, for me, a lot of times I can visualize the smell of it, the taste of it. Yeah. And, and you know, wine, really, at the end of the day, is agriculture. And yeah. so if it's manufactured, which there are wines that are manufactured, yeah. they live between 3 and $5, and that's totally cool. Yeah. But wine, really, at the end of the day, should be about agriculture. Beer yeah. is manufactured, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's, I mean, when you go into a brewery, it looks like a factory. Yeah. A winery, yes, looks, it's a winery, but yeah. it starts with a piece of 
fruit that you grew. Yes. Now the beer nerds are probably rolling their eyes right now. Saying, thinking, where do you get the malt? What about hops? Yeah, what about, you know, what about yeah. that? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I have yeah, these yeah. conversations with them too about yeah. it where we nerd out. Yeah. But when you think about like it is the only thing that we have. We don't add water to the tank. Yeah. You know, it's grapes. Yeah. That's it. So all those things when they come full force. Yeah are all dependent on what happened in that year. I love, okay, that's a cool, that's a really cool way to look at it because um, in your answers, your answer to my horrible question was money. <laughs> but, I, but I was thinking like, I, that makes me think of a conversation I had with, uh, with some friends talking about movies. It's the yeah. same way of like, how have we been defining movies that we think are good. It, he said, um, if I'm thinking about a movie three days after I watched it, yes. or I can remember a scene so or something true. from it, then I know that would, to me was a good movie where it's yeah. just not candy. Yeah. It's like, or I'm zoning out for a little while. Yeah. It sticks with you. It's I love that about you. the wine. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched, you know, Justice League last night, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and yeah. I stopped thinking about Wonder yeah. Woman the second that it was over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, some of those things where you're like, wow, I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Yes. And you know what? I do that a lot with food because yeah. I am a sandwich junkie. Yeah. So I love well-built sandwiches. Yeah. And if I wake up, and there are many mornings where I wake up thinking about a food. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I had a sandwich. Two in another ago. state, totally. yeah, three yeah. weeks ago, and it I woke have been up, yeah, yeah, and I, th- I'm thinking about that sandwich. Like, how do you recreate it yes. so that you're giving yourself the same? Oh man, joy, I love that. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the same thing with, I guess, and I guess that's why wine becomes such a lifestyle thing. Yeah, because I've literally done events where I've paired wine to faucets, to Kohler faucets. What? Really? <laughs> 16 different color faucets. I've paired wine to hair. So hair type and curl. Really? I've paired wine to music. I've paired oh, wine man. to art. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy to me. Okay. And it's how it's, it really, there's a lot of feeling behind it. Oh, man. I, <laughs> how, when you're saying this stuff, I'm just trying to think of, I, like I said earlier, there's so much about uh, what we do and our passions that are more about things that are outside of just the wine mm-hmm. for me. And you, it sounds like you are so much, you are one memory probably has to be a huge thing for you. Like mm-hmm. remembering what something tasted mm-hmm. like, what am I tasting? Then you're, you're probably awesome at linking this taste to, oh yeah, three years ago I tasted this and that's what it tasted like. Well, you have to remember uh, the way that certain regions taste. Yeah. And it's a large part of being a sommelier. So if you know Instant that... Instant fail for me. It's like, okay. It's a memory here's stuff. Here's Chardonnay, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. it can be grown in California. Yeah. Well, pff, there's so many different appellations in California. It can yeah. be grown in Washington, Oregon, Australia. Yeah. You know, France is, is, is yeah. the mother load. You know, I mean, there's all yeah. these places from Italy and so on where you need to know, like, there are parts of the area that I can yeah. smell instantly. Yeah. I tasted a wine today. It was from Santa Rita Hills, Central Coast, California. And instantly I was like, oh, I know that. I've tasted right off the bat. You hundreds taste it, of really. Pinot Noirs from that area. And you know the smell of Santa Rita. You, you, you don't, you yeah. imprint. I guess it's yeah. more of an imprint. That Okay. Yeah, I can relate to that too because I'm, I'm just trying to... Uh, like put music. myself in it. Yeah, yeah, and I can hear something and I know, okay, it's, it's typically this guitar that's making that sound. Right. And so I do actually, I do connect with that. Yeah. So is it the same for you? You just have to be uh, repetition? 
probably was repetition. a ton. Huge, huge, huge. And then intention, like like you said, thinking yes. and drinking. And you also just, because I'm a teacher, okay, I'm constantly teaching yeah. it to others. Yeah. So it's constantly always, you know, I guess instilled or in, yeah. sort of engraved in your brain that yeah. if you're teaching these grapes, like Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. it's still a piece of fruit. Like a banana yeah. is a banana. Yeah. But if you had it grown from Canada to Mexico, there's a difference not between these two. Totally. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. But you but know, you're talking different. about cool weather yeah. versus hot weather. You know. Yeah, I love that. You've imprinted your entire life on if somebody fed you macaroni and cheese, American craft yes. macaroni and cheese. Yes. You know what that tastes like if somebody you fed it that, to you blind. You know what that, that powder yeah. that accidentally you get that never dissolved in it right. in your mouth tastes like. Yeah. Because someone didn't stir it enough. Yeah, I know. When you're talking yeah. about, oh, the sound comes there. from a certain guitar or this model, you yeah. could probably draw it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Because you know the shape of it, yeah. right? You can, you can, you know, sometimes I think, <laughs> my Cicerone and I talk about this. We're going to give you a beer. We haven't taught this class ever, but we tease. We're going to give you a beer. We're going to give you a wine. It's going to be the right brain, left brain kind of yes. class. Yeah. We're going to have you taste, and then we're going to have you draw what you taste. Oh, Or do really? a dance. Or oh, something. that's so brilliant. Right? Yes. Draw it. And you'd have... You'd have paint, you'd have markers, oh, yeah. you'd have crayons, you'd have all colors, yeah, yeah. you'd have just a butcher sheet of paper, yeah. white paper, yeah. and then you just you pick your material, mm-hmm. and then you do your thing. Oh, man. And that's a big part of how, I think, wine, music, art, yeah. all these things that we're talking about kind of come together as, it oh, should be more, it should be more of an yep. intimate, you should feel it. Versus then, like, me telling you, and don't get me wrong, I stand yeah. in front of a lot of yeah. wine industry folks that are like, here, here's this glass. Yeah. You should mm-hmm. taste grapefruit, kiwi, yeah. starfruit. Here's your list. And this. Yeah. Do you taste it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I don't do that. Because if I'm telling you yeah. what you're supposed to be tasting, and somebody doesn't know wine, then they're afraid to tell me what they really do think. Or okay. feel, or taste, or mm-hmm. smell. Man, I that is so cool. You know, it'd be awesome. Uh, and I'm just thinking this while you're saying that. Of, it would be it'd be so sweet to have someone like you partner with a songwriter, or mm. come into a studio, mm-hmm. set up a studio session just for the hell of it, mm-hmm. and you and you bring in some wine, and uh, just one like a specific bottle, and everybody taste it, and you talk about it somehow, yeah. and then from there the yeah. artist writes a song. From that, wouldn't that be, be awesome? That would be a really cool partnership. Thing. Where every single person yes. plays what they feel. Yes. Wouldn't it be really fun to do with Chromio? With what? With Chromio. Do you know Chromio? Oh yeah, I yeah. don't know. Per, not personally. <laughs> oh, but that you would should, be sweet. Yeah, it would be really fun to do with those guys. Um, I'm. A, we're obsessed with Chromio. Then it's just two yes. guys, you know. But they they do all these. All these sounds come from these two guys, yeah. and they're so amazing to see together. Yeah. And I always think, gosh, you know what? They'd be so fun to drink wine with. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because it's not... They'd be creative, yes. I think. Yeah. And it's something where the people, I've, as I've been see- meeting the people and sitting down, I've realized the people that truly elevate what they do to the level of art see the connection in all things yeah it's not just about wine it's right. not just about this faucet right. it's about this this is what this faucet yeah. or this song is saying to me that you're saying yeah and this is how it could pair with that and right. i feel like the majority of people that i find interesting s- start seeing those connections, connections in life right and they would be they're always the most fun to drink with yeah 
You got boring. Okay, cool. You have something to add to the universe. And it is. And I just, I think, you know, if I was going to become... I don't think I... Well, that's not true. I think growing up as a kid, I yeah. wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. But my second thing, I remember writing, you know, when you're like in kindergarten all through, you know, fifth grade and so on. I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know... I had one teacher when I was in first grade. Her name was yeah. Miss... This is so bizarre. Yeah. I'm saying this now out loud. Her name was Miss Graper. Miss Graper. <laughs> what? <laughs> now that I think about it, it's very Weird. strange. But she yeah. was very. She. I remember thinking that she was a very nurturing. She was. She was great for all parts of the class because yeah. it was just like she could take on yes. the worst child and the best yeah. child. You yeah. know, and she could bring everybody to making them feel like yeah. they could learn because she was with them. Yes. And I feel like that's always just sort of been. I morphed into an educator. I didn't okay. think that that was going to be my role in the industry. Yes. But I'm just. Um, I've always been a manager. I was yeah. a only child, yeah. so there's nothing else I could do but to lead. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> you funny. know, so like, I just kind of went for it. Yeah, I was. I've been teaching my stuffed animals since I was <laughs> in third grade. My wife's an only child, so I'm just thinking of yeah. all the stories of her. It's She's true. like, oh yeah, I would just uh, spend my time yeah. doing whatever, making up games or things. You do. You're just constantly thinking. I you wonder. Do. I, I mean, of course, being an only child played a role into all this and yeah. the way you think and view life, for sure. So yeah. I was almost going to ask, I wonder what that, how that's impacted you, but I can't see it not impacting Yeah, you're impacting a scrapper. You. Yeah. I mean, you're a total scrapper. Yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, now of two businesses, yeah. I'm a total, um, well, you have to be innovative, yeah. you have to be um, inventive, yeah. and you have to, you can never really rest, I would say. There's very okay. few times that you rest because you're constantly thinking about what's the next level or piece to my business mm-hmm. or what's going to fulfill me as a person, not just professionally, but, you know, spiritually. Yes. How is my business, you know, fulfilling all parts of that yeah. for me too? Because it's not just a job for yeah. me. You know, I created my roles so that they were spiritually for, you know, they fulfilled me. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Um, you just mentioned being a scrapper, right? Yeah. I don't want to be respectful of your time, so we can wrap this up in a yeah. minute. But I'm like, uh, I can't help but think, and when I think about your industry, primarily male-driven, I would assume, mm-hmm. just like a, the majority of stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. How has being a scrapper, how has that impacted? Do you feel like you have to be a scrapper to make it in what you're doing in this male-driven uh, thing? Unfortunately, that I think influence? I'm too scrappy. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm mellowing out with my my old age here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think so? That's funny. <laughs> I think I am, you know. Um, okay, that's a, a funny thing I've been learning yeah. in conversations of, like, the thought of... It, it's so absurd to me, the thought of being a woman, you need to be a scrapper. Yeah. But too much so, you probably start seeing guys like that. The guys like, be like, Whoa, well, what do we, chill out. Yeah. yeah. Where if a guy did the same thing, yeah. he'd be like, oh, you're just being a dude. That's, yeah. it's normal. But like, right. oh man, you need to just, you play a your... weird line in yeah. the alcohol industry. Yeah. Right. Okay. I have a very close niche of female friends that are unbelievably talented, mm-hmm. amazing, just stunning in their professions as we're in the industry of alcohol yeah and insanely successful yeah and i think we sort of utilize each other as sort of bouncing you know like boards like hey you know this happened and it sucked or you know 
if it if I was a male that would have never gone down that way, you know, and I f- still feel like we're here. I wrote an Instagram post because I had something happened a few weeks ago, and I was reminded that even though I've been in the industry for twenty plus years, yeah. I've put in my insane dues. Holy I've crap! Yeah, worked all sure. aspects of the yeah. industry. You know, starting these businesses from scratch, and I was bullied i i was in a conversation and it, there was some bullying going on and yeah. i was it it felt horrific like i went home and i harbored it for days and days and i just mm-hmm. felt like number one i was harassed i was spoken poorly to i'm still a human being and oh, yeah. i kept thinking like wow as a guy like, guys just uh, you, you would have never have spoken to I, another yeah. man like that yeah and you think that I'm just going to be, you know, sort of put into this box where I'd be like, oh, it's, it's fine. Well, my problem is that Submissive. I always fight back. Yeah, I yeah. fight back. Yes, I, I love that. <laughs> and I get scrappy, and sometimes yeah. I probably just need to walk away from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and just be okay. So yeah, yeah. I'd be just, just let it be. But instead, I but, don't. Yeah. And then I'm the very first person to say, that's not okay with me. Yeah. You cannot talk to people. Do we have boundaries? Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite episodes of doing this, I, my friend uh, is, she and her husband own a brewery called Boom Island here in the cities. And oh, she's yeah. from China. Yeah. And we've, we talked about what it's like to be uh, a woman in the, in the in alcohol industry oh, and how she goes to. beer. Yeah. And uh, totally. And she, and. She just doesn't have beard and tattoos like the majority of everybody else sure. in, the, in the craft beer scene. And she was talking about going into tap rooms and instantly people talking down to her. She's asking about, so, well, tell me about this beer. And they're like, well, IPAs taste like this. And they talk down. She's like, I know what they taste like. Yeah. What, but I'm, I want the details of your brewing method. And right. I didn't. I wonder if that ever happens. If Yeah, it does. Um, I would say not as much, I yeah. think, anymore. I mean, there's okay. definitely... but I think it's, the sommelier thing yeah. probably helps. It is really interesting, think, yeah. though. Like, if we go out to dinner, yeah. the two of us, Jason and I, I will order the wine, and they yes. always, always bring the wine to him. Always. And it's a huge part of my training when I'm with restaurants and hotel chains and what have you. Yes. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's male, female, two yeah. males, two, 15 women. And like, yes. You always bring it back to the person who yes. ordered it. Well, this just happened while we were on vacation, and the woman server brought it back to Jason and said, here's the wine. He said, well, I didn't order this bottle of wine. She ordered this bottle. And she goes, well, you're going to taste it, right? And he goes, well, no, she ordered it. She's going to taste it. And the woman was like, put off. Yes. Because it was just this automatic assumption that it was going to be this way or another. And it's, you know, talking about the beer industry, I'm very much on the outskirts of the beer industry, mm-hmm. although very much inside. Yeah. You know, being an educator with Michael Agnew, I've been a huge part of the beer industry mm-hmm. in the sense of I just, I'm fascinated yeah. by everything that goes on in the Twin Cities. And so this last summer, um, the like the the Brewers Association, the Guild, yeah. they asked me to come and speak. Oh, cool! On behalf of yeah. you know, what's the wine industry doing, and you know, looking on the inside of beer, how can you add your know, knowledge mm-hmm. or tips to basically help us yeah. become better as breweries? And it's it's mostly hospitality because you know most people are like, well, number one, just treat everybody the same. Yes. Beer nerds are getting worse than wine nerds. Yes. <laughs> There is, there's a pretentiousness that people feel yeah. like, I don't know if um, by bringing that in, it makes you feel like what you're doing has more value mm-hmm. 
or elevates you to make the feel like someone. But if I can show you, like the questions we talked about earlier, yeah. if I can show you what I know, even when I'm asking you a question, yeah. you will respect me more or right. something. Or maybe I'll be able to hold on tighter to what I'm doing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but like really, do we have to talk about the IBU? Like, I mean, yeah. the, the people who stand there and really want to nerd off, you yes. know, about beer or wine or whatever it is that you're yeah. into. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been in yeah. so many I'm sure you so can hang with the positions. best of them. Yeah. Yeah, you want to talk about that and they, all the nerdy yeah. stuff and go, I'll, I'll go deep with you. Yeah. I'll take you there. I'll go toe to toe. But it's not going to, it's not, that's not where they enjoy, that's not enjoyable conversation. No. Even for. And it's a bummer. Many field. And I very much am, you know, and I teach a lot of women in wine yeah. classes too because I want this empowerment of, yeah. you know, hey, everybody, just because you're sitting at this table with yeah. your bosses and your, you know, the partner in your firm could potentially be male doesn't mean that that person needs to be, you know, yeah. and you're going to bring the bottle of wine to him to taste. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes like wine can be in this weird authoritative yeah, position. Yeah. Oh. Which is really icky. <laughs> it is really icky. I mean, I, I, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. That's a very polite way to say it. Yeah. Uh, man, I, it's so funny you said that because two weeks ago, no, it was, it was a couple days before Valentine's Day, Sarah and I went to a restaurant downtown here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I'll say that I was almost not going to say the name. Was, I think it was 112 Yuri. And, okay. and it's nothing against them. Yeah. But we did the same thing. We ordered uh, a bottle of wine. Sure. And they came up and the girl... Yeah. Server looked straight at me yeah. and said, "Here, she poured me the glass for me to do the approving taste." Yeah. And what's cool about you guys and your dynamic, you and your boyfriend, is yeah. that you both you'll say something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sarah, if Sarah's push, she will say something. But I'm so empathetic and Midwestern. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but I need, I, I was, I was so uncomfortable in that moment. I was yeah. like, I, I still, but I didn't say anything. And I was afterwards, I was, I apologized, to Sarah. I'm like. I really want to be someone that stands up and be like, no, hand it to her. Yeah. Don't, don't give it to me. Yeah. But I was really embarrassed that I even, I was like, okay, here, I'll yeah, do hi, that. I'll follow thanks. along. You, yeah. yeah. But it is weird. It's a thing. It's weird. It's a it, culture. It is a culture. And I think that that's just maybe how we're ingrained yeah. or maybe it's also a workplace yeah. kind of yes. situation. I, I train a lot of corporate groups, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of people that are going into an expense account for the very first time. Yeah. Okay. So we don't sit down with corporate training and yeah. a lot of times, you know, new employees feel, um, I get this from a lot of younger kids, like maybe 24, 25 where they're like, Oh, I'm going out to dinner with a partner tonight. Mm. The partner of yeah. the firm has a wine cellar. So I'm like, so? Yeah. So, and? Yeah. So what's next? Do you like wine? Do you know wine? Yeah. Well, I don't know wine. I'm like, well, do you know what you like? Well, yeah. kind of. I'm figuring it out. That's what the wine steward or the wine sommelier or the yes. server is for, to ask questions to. And no question is ever stupid. Yeah. Right? So if you're asking the right questions about what you like to eat or what you normally drink, kind of that can yeah. be sort of fielded too. But it's really interesting when a person is in a group setting uh-huh. and they're put this. on yeah. the spot. Yes. And if a woman is put on the spot, sometimes it's just like, you pick, yeah. you pick, right? Yeah. Um, especially in a large group setting. And I feel like that is changing yeah. significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely like in the last decade. Yeah. But I see it a lot with the younger people yeah. who are coming into a firm. Yeah. You know, to, it's confidence, and yeah. I feel like that's the other side of educating is helping oh, people feel confident. Yes, 
I okay, that confidence thing is cool because I feel like there is that the people that ask the crazy questions. Mm-hmm. Not to keep coming back to that, but they, it is that we when it comes to questions and asking questions and being curious. The reason I titled this podcast that. Yeah. I do. I would love to see more of a freedom of like I don't admit. I don't really. This isn't my uh, my jam right now. Right, right. But this is what I do like. What would you recommend? Yeah, like exactly. just have the confidence to throw it out there yeah. and be open to the moment. Right. Taste things you don't necessarily That's know right. you're gonna write like right off the bat. Yep. Uh, yeah, the confidence thing. It's it is yeah. asking questions and the other side to wine that I say yeah. a lot of times is vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. And I mean I. They're all things that, believe it or not, they're very much part tied into my like everyday life. Yeah. Being vulnerable, yeah. asking questions. You know, just because you've had a business for 14 years doesn't yeah. mean that you know how to get through the next 14. Yes. You know, it's asking, um, just being able to find the right people, I yeah. think, too. And that in the world of wine or whatever it is that you're doing, finding the right people that you can have a real conversation yeah. with. And that you feel comfortable with asking any sort of question. Yeah. Whether it's like, oh, well, I really like to sit down on Tuesday night with my, you know, $5 box of wine mm-hmm. and that's what I go yeah. to. Yeah. Um, is there something else that you could recommend to me in yes. the same area, yes. right? Be- yeah, for sure. Or I eat Cheetos for dinner every night of yeah. the week. Yeah. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah. This is what I like. Yeah. I'm sure if you were working on the other side of that, you'd be like, Hell yes, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I've got right I've got what you need. Wine. Yeah, yes. I got a wine for you. I know I what you like. And it's really oh, fun cool. because, I mean, even this last week, I do this yeah. stint on Fox and I was, you know, making a mimosa bar yeah. and I was talking about pairing peeps and, you know, jelly beans to like, you know, certain bubblies and what yeah. have you. And I was like looking through the comment section of our video and this woman was like, that's disgusting. I can't believe she did that. And another woman was like, well, Leslie's awesome. She's just trying to make it fun. She was like, yeah. I don't care. I'm above that. And, oh, you know, yeah. it's just like, come, just, yeah. nobody died. Nobody died for this grape juice. Just take it. Do we all have to take it so seriously? And yeah. it's just kidding. I don't know um, social media we talked yeah. about earlier of this yeah. it, I think it's unless being intentional about that too is damaging because it, it creates this thought that everybody else has it figured out because mm-hmm. we're seeing uh, we're seeing everybody else's highlight reels yeah and we're judge, we're comparing that to our behind the scenes yeah so then there's this subconscious I'm just convinced there's a subconscious thing happening where people think well I'm the only one that feels this way yeah or I'm the only one that uh, everybody else knows a ton about wine or yeah. if I say this and then every, then the pretentiousness happens and people yeah. are like no you, that's not allowed you can't uh-huh. and then we start taking ourselves too seriously and it's just this massive <laughs> like snowball that I'm I don't know what to do with, but I, I right. think just naming it hopefully does something. It's true. Yeah. It's if cool I even just think about wine. like three Instagram, three or four Instagram pictures ago. Yeah, okay. I just had like a bowl of peeps. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's really. Totally. <laughs> Although I do look at some wine yeah. professionals' Instagram channels and it's just these fancy labels oh, yes. and nothing would yes. be below $50. Yes. So you've got yes. to write this, you know, soliloquy about, you know, where yes. the wine, what's the, yes. you know. It's like okay sometimes i give you some you know cool yeah. tasting notes yeah. but at the same time it's really wine should just be like we yeah. go back to the beginning i guess it's you know wine is food for me yeah um oh, I you love know that. our tagline originally to amuse is wine for life yeah which is if it's in your life it's yeah. in your life and the other really great sides behind that is you get yeah. to meet 
individuals who make it, yes. individuals who sell it, individuals who educate, um, pair to it, whatever okay. it is, or maybe just yeah. drink it. Yeah, just enjoy it, <laughs> appreciate just enjoy it. it. Yeah. Uh, man, okay, what what you're doing that's cool, and that I want to kind of bring. Hopefully, someone do this with the podcast for someone is the there's that question that triggers in someone's mind of oh if this person like the accessibility mm-hmm. like the peeps thing you're talking about with your mm-hmm. Instagram like oh man if they're having fun with it mm-hmm. or if this this is just a normal person too and if mm-hmm. they can like dive into this world yeah. maybe I can too yeah and that's that's my whole goal of this whole podcasting thing is for people to hear kind of the behind the scenes of some of people doing it to yeah. maybe someone will hear like oh like it, wine is more accessible and you can take it as deep as you want and get as nerdy as you right. want and it has depth and we'll, I don't want to ignore that yeah. but at the same time uh, the shallow end of the pool that you have to get in first before you dive into the deep end is yeah. a really fun place to be too. it is and it is because you're not alone yeah, totally you're so not yeah. alone and I used my mom as a great yeah. example you know yeah. while she still can't pronounce what I do for a living yeah. she's definitely still drinking white Zinfandel yes. I still tell the, the story and the origin of like even where white Zinfandel came from yes and how it really got this country even ah. drinking in 1975 you know so there's yeah. there's parts of all aspects of the wine world where you didn't just pop up the people yeah. will tell you yeah, they have they're super tasters and they knew yes. it yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And I was they born, knew they were born uh, to be some. My, my parents, sh- yeah, they're full of it, yeah, right? Totally. They're full of it. Yeah. But when you when you start to think about, gosh, where do we all come from? What yeah. were you originally drinking? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember being scared to death at 20 years old and opening yes. like a 19, you know, 70 something. Yeah. You know, Mouton, you know, but I feel it like, like it, it's yeah. painful to pull out the cork. It's like, oh, it's costing me. Yeah, it's probably peeing my yeah, pants at totally, the same time. Yeah. But at the at that same aspect of things, I had a mentor. Those yeah. people had mentors. Yes. I had amazing people, you know, walking me through it so that it was fun and it was oh, enjoyable. Cool. And I met amazing people along the way, and yeah. I continue to meet just rock stars that blow my mind and it's generally the guy that's like living in the middle of Italy with one horse you know that's been doing it that passed it down to you know recently I met a guy who passed it down to his daughter you know she's running it and she's doing everything she can man and she's like, I'm in America, and I'm talking yeah. about wine. She's like, American boys. You're like, do you get out of your town? She's yeah. like, nope. Nope, this is all I do. No, I, I do. make this wine. I've been yeah. hanging out with my dad and this horse totally. and making wine. So you, I mean, right? Yes, and that's a it's great cool. example, too, yeah. of like, no matter what, how deep you're into something you are, at the end of the day, it's all really, every, it all boils down to a blue-collar job. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're making the most expensive wine in the world. Mm-hmm. Farmers are making it. Farmers, M- musician too. At the end of the day, you're lugging in gear. Whatever yeah. it is, you everything yeah, is. And no matter how glamorous it looks, That's if you're right. truly diving into your craft and mm-hmm. loving it, it, it's not. It's not the glamorousness that's attracting mm-hmm. you. It. That's right. I don't. Know. It's okay. true, but yeah. I, yeah, I remember Jason talking about the two oh, being on the road in a van with five guys, totally. you know, for three to totally. five weeks or whatever yeah. it is, and yeah. you're like. It's not glamorous. No, not no. at all. <laughs> and you have to love what you're doing, which is yeah. cool that you love. It's obvious that you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a point to it because you're adding value to people's lives. I hope and so. I, yeah, yeah. just all this stuff is cool because it is, it's less about, to me anyways, I translate what you're doing as, as less of just about the wine. It's how you approach life. Yeah. 
and how you're thinking about interactions, having courage in situations, yeah. being open to new experiences, yeah. talking to say, yeah, anyways. Yeah. I think um, there's a, there's like a bravery, I think, yeah. to all aspects of whatever it is that you've decided yeah. to pick as Seriously, your thing. Yes. Maybe you don't really dig what you do for a living, but yeah. your hobby, like... In order for you to, like, push beyond where you want to be. And I feel like, you know, that is one thing about living, I'd say, in this country that's, you know, above and beyond it. Is that we have the... We have the ability to pretty much do whatever it is that you want to pick as your hobby or your profession. We weren't born into it. We weren't summoned to it. Um, And I think that you have also the freedom to be able to say sometimes... The freedom is a little too loud. <laughs> too much, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> and I think social media yeah. is ruining that, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, you know, come on. You're yeah. right. I, I like when you said, you know, everybody shows the highlight reel. Yes. Nothing bad Nothing happens bad to you it. in your I know. day. Yeah. yeah, and then it just only causes this thought of I'm the only one. I, yeah. I couldn't do this. I couldn't talk to yeah. that person. I couldn't order no. this wine. Mm-hmm. So you are you are literally, you're <laughs> opening doors for people. Like, oh, yeah, it's right over there. You may need a little grit. To like yeah. push through it or something, but it's yeah. an option. Yeah, it's an oh, option. Oh, that's cool. It's okay. out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could, I could take, I could <laughs> sit here and I, I have like, I have a million questions I could ask you, but I feel <laughs> like some of the stuff we, um, that I, we would hit on, uh, you have this sit better yeah. thing I saw yep. online. Yep. You, I feel like you answer questions and are you're available online with resources that people could check out if they want to learn more about what you do. Right. So I always describe yeah. Amuse as having Leslie. I'm here. Okay. I teach a class. Yes. You come to my class. I yeah. come to an in-home event, yeah. corporate training, whatever yeah. it is. Um, sit better sort of came out of that. Yes. So you were coming to my classes and you know, I don't sell wine without music. Yes. I bring wine for an event, Yeah. but I don't, you know, I can't load up your cellar. Yeah. Right. So people say, gosh, I had this great wine. Yeah. You turned me on to it. It's like $12. I yeah. love it. And now how do I get those wines inside of my house? Yeah. And you know what? While I love you, Les, I don't need you at my house seven nights a week, yeah. right? So totally. how do I have accessibility to learning more without having to always physically be yeah, basically in your, your presence, class, yeah. right? So sit better, two years to build the platform to it because yeah. there's like 60 educational videos on the inside of it. So there's three to four minute videos that we've built yeah. in this library of all different sections yeah. about glassware, yes. cheese board, um, yes. how to, you know, pair wine to Twizzlers, how to yes. like all aspects of it. I love your it. recent one of the St. Patrick's Day. Oh, like, yeah. These are some wines you should think of too. Right, that was really right. cool. Yeah. So if you like stout, you yeah. know, how are you going to translate into yes. St. Patty's Day, that kind yeah, of yeah. thing. So then from there, you basically you start online with a tasting kit through Sip Better, mm-hmm. and um, then you pick your favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Each one of the wines comes with a huge file, so electronically, it's all at your oh, fingertips. Really? Yeah, so it tells you I've put all the information in as to which glass to put it into, um, what's the serving temperature, some pairing tips. Really? Um, and you just click on one you like, and it just all this is there. All of it is there. Man, so is we send you three wines, all that's in there. And then there's another um, three to four minute bite-sized video, me talking oh, to you cool. about. And I've got, you know, I've met all the people yeah. that I've put into the club. Yep. And all the wines are healthful. Yes. You know, so they're organic, biodynamic, sustainable. I know the people. Yep. I've been to their property. I can yes. tell you cool, intimate stories. Yeah. 
And so it's all there. And then from that, that you pick your brilliant. favorite. Yes. And then I break that down physiologically. And then I send you three new wines that are based on the profile of the last bottle you picked as your fave. Man. So it's a lot of work. That is on, insane. <laughs> that is so cool. Dude. Nobody is doing that. No, here. we're that the is... first. We're the first sexually club in the country to do it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And it's, Has it been growing? Like pretty, yes. pretty steady. I'm. Just, yeah, we're in twelve states. Really? Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that is so brilliant. Yeah, we have almost two hundred members, and it's oh, thanks. Like five well, months old, and uh, yeah, from there, I mean, people are. They love it because it's interactive, and yeah. then you can sort of have your own experience where you can pull up an iPad yeah, yeah. and then watch it, and then your friends come over, oh, the, yes. and then it's like a little uh, class, yeah. and totally. you can turn me on and off whenever you want, yeah. right? Um, I so love it's that. Fun. I I think one of the most important things I've learned this past year doing the podcast mm-hmm. is, uh, and in the future, whether it's writing or whatever you do, to multiply yourself. Because you can't be everywhere at all times. Yeah. But to do to do some sort of media mm-hmm. where someone could be hanging out with you, like we said earlier. They're, mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with you, and but you're not here. Right. And that's so valuable on a professional level. Yeah. Like, listen, here's a class. Yeah. Master class you're getting on this video. Yes. You can just watch at home. I'm fascinated. You bring yeah. up master class. I'm fascinated oh with master class. Yeah. Have you done any of them? No. no I haven't either. I, haven't. I want to. I want to so but bad. The mu- but actually, the yeah, musicians yeah. like blow oh, yeah. my mind. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you're like, oh, you get to hang out for yeah. an hour with Sting and, or, you know, yes. or, or whatever it yeah. is. Or the, the cooking yes. also really that would be blows awesome. my mind, right? Man, the ones I would want to do the most on the master classes are the ones uh, that are outside of my field. Mm-hmm. Like, that I know nothing about. I'm like, mm-hmm. the film? I know nothing in film. Right. But I want to see. Uh, Coppola. Yeah, I think yes, you get to hang out Coppola. with Coppola oh, or something. Gosh. Actually, be, one yeah. that I thought was really interesting, and not because I'm really into him, but I've seen him, and I'm like, Dead Mouse actually had one. Yeah. And I kept thinking to myself, music. it's not, it's yeah. actually one genre yeah. that I, it's just a sort of blur to me. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, wow. Yes. He built an entire thing. Yes. Right? And yes, you, from it, nothing. Yeah, from nothing. Yes, totally. How <laughs> does that happen? The behind I, the scenes? I, yeah. I don't know. Totally. But the, but the master classes are... I mean, yeah. so yeah, so that's Sip Better is basically your master class. Okay. Um, and it's just, you know, you can take it as you want to go because yes. it's three to four minute videos yeah. and, and you can be a part of it. There's no cost to join the club. It's just all at your fingertips. Okay. Cool. So Sip Better. I'm going to put links... Yeah. I'm gonna put links to all these in the show notes, okay. so people can just click to them. Yeah. Uh, and then, and that's—is that a sub business of Amuse? Amuse? No, Amuse. It's to- two totally Com- two different. Two totally that's different. That's you. Yeah. And this is the club is yep. completely separate. Yeah. Okay. Me. <laughs> uh, man, the, you teach classes too yep. in town. So if someone wanted to, they check out the sit better, or mm-hmm. they wanted to do a more interactive thing. Yep. They can come and take a class with you. Yep. You've got classes coming up in town. I do okay. loads and loads of them, and I okay. teach them. The coast to coast yeah. and so they might be in different states so instead um, of like listing them all where can people go online to check so if they that go out? to amuse wine okay a-m-u-s-e-e wine you have a, a calendar yep okay um you can go right into events and yeah. then everything is listed right there yeah so everything from cooking and wine classes to yoga and yes. wine to yes. beer and wine i have a climate change class coming up yes. at the u 
um, all based on like what climate is done to yes. wine. Music and wine at Music some point in the, wine. in the future. That yeah, is, that like, has to happen. You gotta run with that. So it's, That's yeah, cool. it's pretty, okay. who knows, maybe interpretive dance yes, and wine. <laughs> totally. Sit this and then just do whatever movement <laughs> comes to your mind. Okay. It's like the, it's like the silent disco. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just put, yeah, everybody has earplugs in yeah. or like blindfolds so you can't you see drink. anybody else yeah. and you just drink, yeah. <laughs> the class gets, for some reason, it's like everybody's way more into it, like a half hour into the class. I don't know People what it is. So relaxed. so relaxed. Okay, um, I do want to be respectful of your time. Are you down for like if I ask like some? I'm, I sure. have this idea. I don't. I wanted to call it either. Uh, it's a game. Okay. I want to call either. If this were real life, it'd be super annoying for me to ask you all these questions. But since it's a podcast, I can yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah, sure. Or I would just call them rapid fire questions because that's Perfect. all it is. Uh, so I'm just gonna ask you a few. Yeah. To like wrap this up, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, worst advice you hear heard in the wine industry on a regular basis in your field or you um worst advice let let me narrow down worst advice you've heard given at a wine tasting someone leading a wine tasting (laughs) have you ever heard any um yeah i mean i think some of the worst advice is to um maybe drink this and never drink that. Yeah. You know, never drink anything under yes. $5. So binary thinking. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, hard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Or okay. never drink like anything with a screw cap. Worst never, advice. Never, never yeah. pair dill pickles with yeah. wine. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yep. Uh, first time you can think of trying a wine mm-hmm. and time stopped. Of- yeah, I was probably 19 and I was okay. working for Star Dining and yeah. I remember opening this bottle for this client yeah. and this client offered a taste to me and I remember I squirreled it away because I was working and I was like, great, I'll, I'll try it later, thank you so yeah. much. And I was done with my shift and I remember sitting down thinking, whoa, this is wine. This is something this special. This is like real wine. Yeah. And it was a very old wine yes. and I had never tasted anything that old yeah. before. I haven't tasted a really old it. wine before, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. it's going to be something. It's so lame to say. No! I'm trying a really old wine. It's really... So, uh, the oldest wine that I've had, I had a 200-year-old Madeira um, from the island of Madeira, <laughs> and that will change your world. That'll uh, change your complete existence. Yeah. Oh, and I man. did that in some school. Yeah. Oh, that's so brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, you're thinking about history. That's what you do. Your brain yeah. goes to what was happening to... Hundred years ago. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Go, Who is doing? It? Nobody exists anymore. Nobody yeah. exists. Yeah. That time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird thing. Uh, mm-hmm. What is a, a wine that someone could go somewhere in town? Someone's mm-hmm. listening to this, and they say, uh, "I want to. I want to get something that's accessible, inexpensive, mm-hmm. but like great bang for your buck wine you can pick up anywhere that you recommend. Red wine. Red wine." It's such a vague question, so I'm, I'll, I'll no, narrow it down. No, this is good. So uh, there's a gentleman. He's kind of a, a younger winemaker on the West Coast. Yeah. His name is Andrew Jones. He makes a, a wine called Fiction. Okay. Um, it's out of Paso Robles. Um, and so he has two... Uh, he has a winery called Field Recordings and Fiction, but Fiction is this really great label that he makes. Yeah. Super juicy, easy drinking, okay. red wine, like $10. Yes. Just delicious yeah really accessible in so many stores across town is that a good um is that a good price balance of for someone getting into wine it like having it be above five three to five dollars but ten is that where's the price sweet spot for someone yeah i think for me it's you know 
it's you know if, once you start to go above you can go above like seven dollars yeah. um then you're starting to get into you, you have the chance find, of trying something yeah okay i think if you're still like in the two to three dollar zone yeah things wines can be manufactured so okay if you're looking at like yellowtail yeah you know that it's still grape juice but it who knows how it's made it's made maybe yeah. in a silo <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean there's yeah. a lot of things that are going on maybe chemically additively yeah. that are okay. not natural yeah but you can uh, find some really great wine really delicious wines yeah um uh, most overrated wine that you've tasted <laughs> where ev- everybody says this is the greatest wine on earth uh but you just taste it and you just said i don't get it <laughs> Screaming to, Eagle. Really? Yeah. I've, I've never heard of it, but that's just one. It is a very culty California wine. Yes. It's probably the most cultiest California wine in ah, the history yeah, yeah. of the state. Okay. Um, actually, I was invited to this amazing gala. Weirdly, I was like sitting next to Robert Mandavi. Um, it was really um, bougie. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Sitting at this table. I don't know how I got yeah, invited. Yeah, Who totally. invited her? Right. Um, don't screw this up, Leslie. Don't screw this up. Don't Play say anything. Cool. Yeah. And I kept calling Robert Mandavi Bob. Yes. I was like, so Bob. Yes, I'm going in. Oh, that's awesome. But anyways, um, Screaming Eagle. It was yeah. the very first time that I ever had it. And it's thousands of dollars, yeah. you know. And I remember thinking, like, this is going to be something. Yeah. Because... Yeah. You can't this get your hands my life. on yeah. it, yeah. right? All these things. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, what on earth? This uh, is just all what hype. What is this all for? It is all hype? Yeah. Yes. And in the wine world, um, we call it Screaming Beagle. Screaming Beagle. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's awesome. Uh, okay, I love that. Okay, so I've seen Sideways. Yep. Right? And they yeah. talk about they talk about um, the cliche wine movie of Sideways. And yeah. they talk about, I'm not having another damn Merlot or something. What style is like the professional style that most pros drink. Honestly, that movie is pretty accurate in the sense that Pinot Noir, Okay. so remember how Miles was really obsessed with Pinot, right? Why do you love Pinot, Miles? Well, it became actually an effect. It was actually called the sideways effect. Due to that movie, Pinot Noir sales had doubled in the United States. Merlot sales had plummeted due to that movie. So it was an actual thing that happened, but um, Pinot, I would say, is that grape. The other very ethereal grape yeah. that we forget a lot about, and I would say if you asked some sort of what they drink alone at night yes. in the dark, yeah. it's yeah. Riesling. Yeah. Because people don't understand Riesling. They think that all Riesling is sweet. Yes. But when you really think about ethereal, wines that have changed your life, um, Riesling really? is that grape. Oh, okay. So, I didn't but it's know European, that. That's yeah. yeah, like uh, German, Austrian Rieslings yeah, yeah. that are just like you've touched some sort mm-hmm. of celestial being that you're it's like just magical. <laughs> changed your. It's a unicorn. Um, you've now ridden a unicorn. <laughs> the what's your desert island uh, style of wine? Um, so I've, I've told people this quite a bit yeah. because I'm like, okay, so somebody asked you about the desert yeah. island wine, yeah. you have to answer with Madeira okay? because it's the wine that you was born under heat, light and vibration. Yeah. So you can't destroy it. Really? So once you open a bottle of wine, yeah. you generally have about one to two days to drink it. Okay. So if I were like stranded, I'd be like, oh man, by day three, I opened this Cabernet. It wouldn't taste very good. Yes. And I got to make this wine yes. last for 30 days, right? Yeah. So Madeira, um, it's fortified. Yeah. Um, okay. But you, once you open it, you actually, you have until the rest of time, until you, until you drink all of it. I so did not know that. <laughs> 
This is amazing. Dry and they can also yeah. be um, sweet. So okay. that way you can get through your whole 30 days before that plane <laughs> finds you. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Um, such a cliche question. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's um, good though. It's a good one. Uh, wrap this up with uh, where's the strangest place you've enjoyed a really, really good bottle of wine? I think you're I, earlier you answered <laughs> that a little bit saying the hotel. Is that probably any uh, other stranger? I've enjoyed some really great bottles of wine just out in nature. Uh, a couple of seasons yeah. ago, I mean, this is going to sound weird and sort of snooty, but yeah. <laughs> we were in the south of France. Yeah. And uh, we went to go see this winemaker who I sort of popped in on him, yeah. which was a total no no. Okay. You just don't do that. You make Call giant ahead. appointments. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, we were driving by, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Domaine Tempier. Yeah. I'm in the middle of Bandol. I should just stop by. Yes. Yeah. Of course, they weren't overly thrilled, but then five minutes later, they were just over the moon about having yes. this, right? And said, we just bottled this, um, you know, wait a couple of days and then drink this, yeah. you know, bottle of rosé. Oh. And uh, a couple of days later, it was my birthday, so we, like, took it out onto these rocks. And I remember, like, sitting, you know, along the seaside, and there was no place to really yes. sit, but yes. we just had plastic cups. Yeah. And we just popped the cork, and I remember thinking, like, this is a really kick-ass moment. Oh, man. It's like the, <laughs> like the synergy of, like, awesome moment, awesome bottle, yeah. explosion. Done. Oh, uh, okay. Done and done. I've held on you for, like, an, almost two hours. That's awesome. Thank you for sitting and chatting yeah. with me. I yeah. feel like uh, there's, I mean, I... I, I feel like I'm, you guys need to come to a class. I want to come to a class. Yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right.
That's it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>